93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Wednesday, November 13th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, the father of an 11-month-old boy who was shot four times in Philadelphia last month is now under arrest in connection with the shooting the district attorney's office announced on Tuesday. Yasim Munir Jenkins was shot four times, including once in the head while inside a vehicle in the city's hunting park section on October 19th. Authorities said the toddler was in the backseat of the car along with his father, Nafes Monroe, his stepmother, and another man when shots rang out. Investigators say Monroe used his son as a human shield to thwart off the potential upset drug dealer. Whoa. The DA's office said Monroe used counterfeit money to purchase drugs, and this wasn't the first time, so the drug dealer was angry and acting violently. It's our belief and our investigation has led us to believe that the in- that he intentionally had his child with him when he was making such type of purchases with the idea or belief that if someone saw he had a child in the car, they would not open fire upon him. A human shield is probably the term I would use, uh, Anthony Vosey with the district attorney's office said. Even after the shooting, Monroe didn't rush his son to the hospital. He drove his son to a, a house rather than taking him to the hospital immediately. He then dropped the child off at the hospital and never looked back. Yasin Munir Jenkins continues to fight for his life. Monroe was previously taken into custody on a probation violation he has since been charged with recklessly endangering another person and endangering the welfare of a child. Ugly it's, stories involving children, specifically this morning, but yeah. the past couple of weeks have been just horrible. Awful. That is an awful story, and so is this one. And mm-hmm. these were like the top two stories. The caretaker of a four-year-old child was charged with murder on Tuesday in what was described as potentially one of the worst cases of child abuse, abuse anyone has ever seen. 38-year-old Samelia Brown is charged with murder, endangering the welfare of a child and other related charges in the death of four-year-old Zaya Singleton. During a news conference on Tuesday, officials said the child had been abused for years and was found with homemade stitches in her mouth, burns to her arms and legs, broken bones, open wounds, bite marks, and puncture wounds. On October 30th, authorities were called to the report of a fall at a home in the 1700 block of Folsom Street. Brown originally said that Zaya had fallen out of the second-story window while playing with a cat, but authorities said they quickly realized that was not the case. When police arrived, they found the child in a second-floor bathroom being put in cold water. Zaya was rushed to Thomas, Thomas Jefferson University Hospital was, but was then transferred to CHOP. She later died of complications of her injuries on November 3rd. This is horrific, heartbreaking case of abuse, neglect, and murder of an innocent, defenseless child, District Attorney Larry Krasner said. Uh, Jasmine Singleton, Zaya's biological mother, said she could barely recognize her daughter at the hospital. Officials said that they have a notarized letter from 2016 giving custody of Zaya to Brown by the girl's biological mother. Singleton says the Department of Human Services deemed her home unfit for her child, so she turned to her stepbrother's significant other for help. What's not immediately clear is if DHS did a background check on Brown or if they checked on Zaya at all while she was living there. Uh, not to mention, was uh, anyone else living in the home, were they aware of what was happening, the abuse that was happening to the child? Singleton says that she had no idea the abuse was happening. Apparently, Brown never admitted any wrongdoing, but as a self-described home health care provider, did admit to putting the sutures and stitches in Zaya herself. I would not use the word care. Brown abused her, stitched her, abused her again, stitched her up. The DA's office said she burnt her with some type of scalding liquid and patched her up at home. Very sad. Four years old, the poor little thing. 
With the holiday season just around the corner, police are warning people of phone scammers. In the latest scam, a fake DEA agent conned a woman out of almost $10,000 in an elaborate hoax that her identity had been stolen and she needed to help them secure her assets. 48-year-old Jane Wharton was at work when she got a call from a man claiming to be a DEA agent. He told her that it was an urgent call about security and that he was calling to protect her. The caller said someone stole her social security number and opened a number of bank accounts and that they wanted to make sure that she would freeze her assets. Uh, He told her that in addition to opening bank accounts, the thief was also uh, committed some crimes that were all under her name. Now, Wharton said that this is what made it uh, seem credible because uh, they said that the crimes were committed in Texas and she happened to be in Texas recently. Uh, He even gave her the code phrase, Kathy. I had three testicles. No, that was not involved. The fake DEA agent was so convincing. He told her that uh, the only way that she could save her assets and line of credit uh, was that they needed to be tied up in a U.S. Treasury bond. And the only way to do this through the government's association was with the Target Corporation and that she needed to go to Target and buy gift cards. Oh, my God. They do this. They do this with with, uh, uh, iTunes credit. Gift cards. Did it's, she fall for it? She she did. she went to Target, stayed on the phone with him the entire time. She bought all of the cre- the uh, <sighs> gift cards and gave him all of the gift card numbers and the pins on the back of the card. Oh my god! And like this is a forty eight year old woman who was at work. Like she, do you know what I mean? She, they conquered. What is they her got, line of employment? Do they know what? what is she, uh, listen, I don't know. God God bless, and I get it, but that never happens like that. They'll never contact you. They'll, they'll never ask for personal information like that. And to tell you to go to and Target. to go to Target? Well, I told you guys this before. I was in Target. It was around the holiday season last year, and I was buying a bunch of gift cards. And they stopped me, and they said, why are you buying those gift cards? And it was because of this, this reason. Scam. They, because of the scam. And she said, are they for you? And I said, yes. And she said, okay, because there is a scam, and we have been told to, if people are buying like more than one gift card, to kind of just give them, See? alert them, and let them know, yeah. Here you go, Target, looking out for you, man, watching I mean, your back. does Kat. it get any better than <laughs> Unbelievable. Target? Unbelievable. <laughs> Besides that, you just as a consumer spend more than they would have gotten. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lower Marion police say there is a lot of this going on. Fortunately for Jane Wharton, she called her credit card company immediately. They told her because she acted promptly that she would not be held liable for the thousands of dollars that she okay, lost. Okay, Jane, here's what you need to do. You need to go to Walmart now <laughs> and get goof, gift coupons. Yeah, it's people get so involved in this stuff and they believe it, but why Why wouldn't a red flag raise on Target Tar- gift certificates? Target gift cards. And they told her not to tell anybody. She should not speak to anybody. Ah. Don't tell anybody. And so she was at first not telling her husband. And finally he was like, what is like, what's happening? He got it out of her. And she she told her husband. And Thank he's God the he one, did. He's the one that was like, okay, let's, you know, we need to go to the police. How, how many times a day do you guys get a call where you just, you, I mean, it's it's either there's a there's a pause before. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, because I still have a landline, and and uh, when it rings, 90%, 95% of the time, it's some kind of a recording or someone yeah. that clearly is at a, at a bank of uh, in a room with a bunch of other people on the phone, and they're lying about who they are. Hello? Hello? Yeah. yeah. Hello? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it goes on and on. Mr. Eliot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and... Like, what? Uh, so I, I just hang up. I have a landline as well, and at the end of the week, I I I delete about seventy of those messages. Mm-hmm. It just goes right to the answering machine. If it's that important, yeah. if it's something important, I'll review it. 
But I am really to the point where everything is conducted through the cell phone. Yeah, I just, uh, if there is the slightest pause, I just Boom. Hang, just hang up. up. I don't even <laughs> wait for them. Yeah. I know it's not legit. You know what, though? I get them on my cell phone, too. Yeah. I, I will occasionally get one, and it, and it says, you know, possible uh, uh, scam or what. I forgot right. how it's worded, and I just skip it, or if I don't recognize it. Or if it looks exactly like my phone number, just a couple digits you off. Don't it's, it's a scam. It's a scam, too. It's yeah. a scam, yeah. Exactly. All right, let's do sports this morning. <laughs> Joel Embiid scored 27 points, including the go-ahead dunk with 13 seconds left in the game. The Sixers held Cleveland without a point for the final three and a half minutes in a 98-97 win over the Cavaliers last night in South Philly. Josh Richardson added 17 points, and Ben Simmons had 15 for the Sixers, who won despite missing 30 of 38 three-point attempts. Tobias Harris missed all 11 of his three-point tries. The Sixers open a three-game road trip tonight with a game in Orlando against the Magic. Tip-off is scheduled for 7 o'clock. The Flyers, who have won four games in a row to improve to third place in the Metro Division, are at home tonight with a game against the division-leading Washington Capitals. The Caps have the best record in the NHL with 13 wins and 30 points. The Flyers have 10 wins and 22 points. The nationally televised game gets underway at 7.30. And Gabe Kapler has been hired as manager of the San Francisco Giants a month after being fired from the same job by the Phillies. Kapler received a three-year contract to replace uh, Bruce Bochy, who retired at the end of the season following 13 years and three championships with the Giants. 44-year-old Kapler was fired last month after going 161 and 163 over two seasons with with the Phils. They finished 81 and 81 this year for the first non-losing season since 2012. And that's what I have for you this morning. And he'll go on to win the World Series. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. It always happens. We are the step just before before you go on <laughs> to success. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for him, though, because we like him. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's super yeah, nice sure. guy. Uh, welcome to the middle of the week, Wednesday morning, Wednesdays. We have secret text word prizes to give away. Today, we're giving away a four-pack of tickets to join us, the Preston and Steve Show, tomorrow night for our night at the Happy Place. Yes! In the King of Prussia Mall. Yes. You've been? We'll all be happy. I've been. Uh, Casey's been as well. Yeah. It's fun. Do we reserve the right to eject anyone who's not happy? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, in fact, the way that it works there is they take groups through, essentially, in shifts. Oh, really? Uh, so I assume that it'll be just our group that's going through. Nice. We'll all be together with just our listeners, so we won't be intermingling with potential unhappy people. <laughs> Get out of here! Yeah, but, Steve, there is. The, I took a picture of it. And you and I are going to have to have a, a picture in front of this neon sign that says, did we just become best friends? <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. I love that. Uh, but it'll be a lot of fun. And if you are interested in... What? Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. Uh, four pack of tickets to join us. Text the word secret 239333. And we'll bounce the word back to you a little bit later on. We'll ask you to call in with that word. And if you're the designated caller to do so, you will win it. And also, we'll grab a random texture. So why not? So get on that text word secret to 39333. So that is tomorrow night, by the way. So keep that in mind. Uh, we're going to be on Fox Good Day. We do that on Wednesdays. Uh, we have a uh, group stopping by today with some goodies because tomorrow night will be the Bud Light Platinum Thursday Night Huddle. And it will be at Grain Craft Bar and Kitchen, the location in Newark, Delaware. Uh, Brent Porsche will be there, so they're bringing by some stuff and some giveaways. We'll have your chance to win some gift cards in conjunction with that. And guest-wise today, this is great. 
We're going to be talking to Dan Aykroyd. Dan freaking Aykroyd. One of the best. Yeah. One of the absolute best. And he is actually going to be doing a, a bottle signing because he is involved with Crystal Head Vodka. And Friday at 4 o'clock, he will be in Centerville Square in Lancaster, PA, at the Fine Wine and Good Spirits location. So uh, he's promoting that. And yeah. if you want to get out to Lancaster on Friday at 4, you'll be able to meet and see and get an autograph from uh, Dan Aykroyd. Now, obviously, an accomplished career, but I was reading about the, the vodka itself and how it's prepared, and it it's pretty freaking elaborate. It's oh, amazing. really? Yeah. Oh, it's, they, they, it is actually filtered at one point. Through uh, diamond crystals. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. And it's it's considered a great vodka. Yeah. I'm not a big vodka guy, but definitely um, I know people who love Crystal Head. So, uh, but I'm excited to talk to him. Should be pretty cool. And he's up to talk about anything. Yes. Which is great. So we'll talk about Ghostbusters. We'll talk about aliens, all that stuff. Blues Brothers. Yeah. 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 All right. So we have those things and more taking place. Let's take a break. Come back in a second. I've got some entertainment stuff. They've revealed who the sexiest man alive is. And I've got those details and more. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. What does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, for starters, my competition really hates me. Watch as we get closer and closer to Black Friday. All my competition will start having their crappy sales. I must be in a business of idiots. What magical, mystical thing happened that made this diamond ring 70% less? You're just too smart to buy this crap. Buy real jewelry from a real jeweler. Come to Steven Singer on Jewelers Row. One place, one price. Or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Velociraptor. All right, so we're going to do a stupid question this morning and give away a pair of movie tickets from Fandango. The question is pretty straightforward. In what part of a shrimp will you find its heart? Hmm. 215-263-WMMR. In what part of the shrimp? Will you find its heart? Let's see if you know. 215-263-WMMR. I will mention some birthdays while we're waiting for that answer. Today is Wednesday, November 13th. It is Whoopi Goldberg's birthday today. Yep. Whoopi. She is uh, now currently uh, acting in The Stand. She is. Mother Abigail. Mother Abigail. Yeah. Good choice, I think. I think she is a good choice. I guess they're going to uh, prosthetically age her up because Mother Abigail is over uh, 100 100 years years old. old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's cool. I'm excited. They have uh, some good cast members in the next version of The Stand coming up. But she's she's a solid actress. Uh, Um, God, you remember years and years ago? I forgot how long she had dated. She dated Ted Danson years ago. Yeah, that's right. She's been uh, the first time I ever saw her was with that stage play that really caught everyone's attention. I think that's where Spielberg first first saw her. It was a one woman show. She was doing all these characters, Mm -hmm. and then she uh, cast he cast her in the Color Purple. Amazing movie, by the way. Yeah, Color Purple. Uh, She is sixty four today. It's Gerard Butler's birthday. Uh, Gerard is. 50 years old. That's, that's Sparta! That is correct. 50 years old. I have to, I'll have to go back and watch that movie again sometime. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's, it's visually stunning. It is. Yeah, Zack Snyder. You yeah. know. And in its, uh, its outrageousness in the battle scenes is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, it's like the graphic novel, though. Zack Snyder's very... Mm. He really 
respects the source material as he did with the, the Watchmen and the way visually everything is depicted. It's pretty wild. Uh, so the big five zero for Gerard Butler today. It's also Jimmy Kimmel's birthday, and uh, Jimmy turns 52 years old. Life is good, yeah, for Jimmy Kimmel, right? Yeah. I mean, he's got, even though he's, I think he fluctuates second or third in the, in the war. Uh, the late, There's not even wars. They all get along. They all, you yeah. know, they all hang out. But, uh, you know, he, he does his show. He's, Who's number one now? Is it? It's uh, Colbert. It is Colbert. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite Jimmy Kimmel moments was when our friend Todd Glass was on there, and he <laughs> happened to sneak in our names. He said, you know, I was on this presidency. <laughs> oh, yeah, Do we right. have that? And then Jimmy, and Jimmy goes, oh, really? Wow. What that whole Preston and Steve show thing? Just totally busting his balls yeah. about the plug. Yeah, yeah. Because he was like, you didn't yeah. have to do that. What did you do that for? We used to have Kimmel on all the time at the beginning, you know, yeah. of the man show, him and Adam Carolla. And that's yeah. when that, the, the man wow. show was situated as a response to what they considered were uh, Oprah acolytes. Yeah. Like he, uh, you know, that's, that's why they made it overly macho. They Maybe it's under, Casey, I'm sorry to interrupt. Maybe it's under Todd Glass. I, I know, but even with that, it's going to be hard. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'll find it. Okay, all right. Did Go he ahead. get a start in radio? Kimmel? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, was he at Karaoke? Yes, he was. Yeah. He was on the Kevin and Bean show, and in he Los was Angeles. at uh, Las, that's right. Las Vegas as well. That's yeah. his home. Yeah, so, hey, radio guy done good. Yeah, there we go. Uh, you know, uh, what's wrong with us? I know. <laughs> We're just, radio guys done... Moderately, okay. okay. Yes. We're fine. All right, um, I, we have a few different ones, right. uh, so we'll just start with the shortest one, and... I no, think, you know what? I bet you it's the longer one. I, well, I think the longer one is when he initially said it, and then they came back from a commercial break, and then Jimmy busts his balls about dropping it. So here's here's Todd, I think. Uh, no, do the do the longer one first, Case. Right. I think this is Todd setting up the story. I was doing this uh, show, uh, Preston and Steve, WMMR in Philadelphia. <laughs> and please, don't eat into my plugs. All right, so that's him doing his, his stand-up bit. Freaking Todd. Mentioned us, and then... <laughs> and then they come back from commercial for the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And here's Jimmy. Todd Glass. Todd's going to be on um, Tosh.0 this summer on Comedy Central. Yes. Tosh.0 is the yes. name of the program. Boy, that's some crazy thing with that intern of Preston and Steve's, huh? <laughs> yes, that is. That, that is really unbelievable. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's so he totally awesome. gets it, man. And, and, and Todd takes the bullet for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It was really cool. Um, you know, and, and also, I just want to mention <laughs> I totally this. forgot about that. <laughs> um, because uh, in, in that clip, Tosh.0 was, was mentioned. Um, and we've never talked about this on the air, but uh, Tosh is doing, like, a tour around the country. Yeah, yeah. And, and part of the proceeds of the tour that he does, he, he donates to charity. And because of Todd Glass, mm-hmm. he's donating part of his proceeds to the President Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. I think he picked, like, five or six charities. Yeah, yeah. he's doing uh, and one. And Todd had, yep. has input on that. He's putting the money into our weightlifting contest. No, <laughs> no, no, not happening. That's not happening. No. <laughs> Um, and, and what's, so, but uh, Tosh doesn't do any press. No, he doesn't nothing. Do any and so interviews. we could we couldn't get him on because he just doesn't do it. And so Todd's like, listen, he doesn't do Kimmel, doesn't yeah. do you know, it doesn't matter how big or or whatever. Yeah. He just doesn't do it. Um, so you know, we weren't able to thank him personally, you know, face to face or face to phone. Yeah, uh, but so thank. We you. should maybe we should maybe send him and. Todd something, you know, to say thank you. I think we get, we cool. get Blu-rays all the time. Sure. sure. Maybe, we'll send him he maybe likes to see a movie. Do you think you know? he wants to see Brian Banks on Blu-ray? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. There's or, or maybe we have the, the Tooth Fairy 7. Tooth Fairy 7. Something like Scorpion that. Scorpion King 8. Yeah, we could send those over. Uh, but, no, it's really cool. There was a, a, several people sent me the picture that we see right now here in our monitors of Tosh standing in front of a screen that has the logos of the charities 
uh, that are going to benefit from this. And right in the middle is that big Campbell's soup can. It says President Steve Camp Out for Hunger. Thank you to Campbell's, by the way, for allowing us to use that logo still. Um, so that's really cool. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and a happy birthday to Jimmy Kimmel. Chris Knopf, Mr. Big on Sex in the City, is 65 today. Uh, Joe Montaigne. We always, he's great. No, greatest quarterback of all oh, time, no, maybe. That's Joe Montana. Oh. Joe Montagna, I guess you is the G hard in his in his Joe Montagna. It's Tanya, right? Tanya. Yeah, like in, with the Enya. Fazagabu. Uh he's great. I love him. He's on, currently on Criminal Minds. He's seventy two. He is also in what I consider, I know Nick, you agree, oh, yeah. uh multi Academy Award winning Baby's Day. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, when you want to talk about a junk food movie uh-huh. that I uh, I will watch every time <laughs> I come across it, Baby's Day Out. Yeah, they're, uh, they're so real. There are bad movies that I hate, and there are bad movies that I love, and that is a bad movie that I love. Do you know what be another one that is a bad movie that I love? Uh, Mousetrap. Really? It, with the house, the spill. Yeah. yeah. Is that to Broderick? In that one? Or am I thinking? Yes, of... I think so. And so is um, Who's that uh, the stage Nathan actor, Nathan Lane. Lane. Nathan yeah. Lane. Yeah. Uh, and, well, That's, anyhow. Wait, Mousetrap or Birdcage? No, Mousetrap. With, with mousetrap. It, it is a He's mouse terrorizing okay. them in, the, in, the, in this house. Okay. Yep. All right, moving on. Joe Montagna <laughs> is uh, 72 today. And the last birthday is uh, actor Steve Zahn, uh, who we had on not that long ago. He's 52 years what old. What was he today. promoting? I don't remember. That's how impactful it was. Diver yeah, exactly. Wimpy Kid? Was Roderick it? Rules? No, I don't even Something. know. All right. Um, have you guys ever seen Rescue Dawn with him? I did. Oh. With Christian Bale. Yeah. It's very good. It's really good. Really good movie. And uh, yeah, he is really good. You know, it's funny. You see him. He looks like he's nine years old in the movie Reality Bites. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. the gay. Uh, he has Roommate. to come out to his parents. Yeah yeah, and, yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Let's see if we can answer this stupid question. What part of the shrimp will you find? It's hard. 215-263-WMMR. That is the number. And we are going to go to Bob for the answer. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Hey, good morning. All right, Bob, in what part of the shrimp will you find its head? In? I mean, its heart. In the head. In the head, yeah. He knew it already. He knew it. It was up there. You know what? That's why we never achieved Kimmel staff. You're right. Hang on, Bob. (laughs) Bird! (laughs) Was that at the campout? No, that was at the Christmas Miracle. miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? Did you just yell the answer? They they buzzed in and I meant to say their name. You said the answer? Instead of like Joe, I said Bird. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Royally pissed off the other contestants. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They didn't find the humor in it. No, they didn't no. find the humor in it. <laughs> All right, Bob, hang on the line. We are going to give you a pair of movie tickets from Fandango. You can start your engines, race into theaters with tickets from Fandango to see the action-packed rivalry of Ford versus Ferrari. Don't get sold out. Head to Fandango.com/slash/get-tickets. So, just a quick question: the heart is in the tail of the shrimp? No, it's in the head. It's in the head. It's in the head of the shrimp. Okay. Yeah. So uh, right. that's where you will find it. And uh, I think a lot of crustaceans have the the heart up that way. Oh, those crustaceans. Yeah, no. All right. So people's sexiest man alive for 2019, John Legend. Yep. He is officially named that. They're going for a more sensitive person this yeah. time yeah. around, I guess. Uh, rather than brawn and uh, and you know manly, more sensitive, and he's a good looking fella. You well, know? they've also called from the uh, voice judges a couple Second of times. Time, yeah, so. actually the third time, Preston. Oh, Adam, Adam Levine, Levine and you're Blake right. Shelton, yeah. 
So Blake Shelton was the 2017 Sexiest Man Alive, and uh, it was revealed during the latest episode of The Voice when it was the torch was passed to John Legend. He thanked Shelton on the television show, saying, I sat next to him for the last few months, and I've learned his sexy ways. I observed every move he made, every utterance that came from his mouth, and I think some of it rubbed off on me. He, uh, we, we, we saw John Legend up close and personal. He was at this event that we did in Washington for the... Uh, uh, to receive a uh, an award for the camp out for hunger, he, yeah. he was a, it was a good spokesman. Was the National Association of Broadcasters, yeah. yeah. He told people about his reaction to earning the special title. He said, "I was excited, but I was a little bit scared at the same time because it's a lot of pressure. Everybody's going to be picking me apart to see if I'm sexy enough to hold this title." And I'm also following Idris Elba, which is not fair, and it's not nice to me. <laughs> Are uh, you allowed to say no? I mean, has it ever been, like, declined? Uh, uh, listen, I, I, don't, I, I don't think you're allowed I, to I say no. Yeah, they're they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. You, you don't have to accept it. Uh, Elba tweeted his congratulations to Legend, but admonished uh, him to not tell Dwayne The Rock Johnson that he had won, saying the star thinks he's still got the title. Did you see the medallion he was wearing? Mm-hmm. The, I mean, uh, the necklace? No. So he had an EGOT, but it's EGOT. S M S M A yeah 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 sexiest man alive yeah yeah uh, by the way he's the thirty fourth sexiest man alive joins a long list of Hollywood ho- Hollywood's hottest starting with a then twenty nine year old Mel Gibson in nineteen eighty five Mel Gibson Stallone's the, been he was the first one yeah. who do you think was the worst choice probably Stallone no it was uh, remember Nick Nolte. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, was, uh, uh, they were on the time of the Prince of Tides. At one point, he yeah. was good looking at that time. one time. I think it's do I consider myself sexy? I don't think so, but if you do, I'm honored. Uh, one person was particularly. <laughs> I'm truly honored. <laughs> God, listen. This is why age to be slighted as a sexist man alive. Really, it makes, it makes me feel wonderful. Oh, God. I'm sorry about that trail of slime I left behind me. <laughs> they they tried to go for what is trendy. So John Legend yeah. at this point in time is is, is a more um, uh, sensitive guy, as you said. You've got to be you've got to be currently not yeah. just good looking, but you got to have stuff going yeah. on as yeah. well. So, but and anyhow, penis. his wife Chrissy Teigen uh, took to Twitter and uh, with her characteristic humor congratulated her husband. She said, "My secret's out. I've fulfilled my dream of having boned people's sexiest man alive. What an honor." We've had two of the sexiest men alive in our studios. Can you name them? Bradley Cooper. That's one. And uh, Richard oh, Richard Gere. Gere. Yeah, uh, right. Well, maybe. Louis Anderson. <laughs> yeah, Louis Anderson was that particular year. Yeah, you know what? Three. I apologize. Whoa, okay. David Faustino. Uh, Richard uh, Gere and... Don Travolta? Harry Hamlin. Harry what about Hamlin? Travolta? Yeah. No, he's not on here. Right. No? No, oh. are you sure? I think it was... They didn't start until 1985, and Travolta's, I mean, like, at the yeah, height yeah, of yeah. his sexiness was, uh, was Greece and... and uh and. So on. So anyway, uh, I do have some other things to get to. This is unfortunate news. Uh, Hilaria Baldwin is thanking fans for their support on social media after she suffered her second miscarriage. Uh, She revealed on Monday night that she lost her baby girl four months into her pregnancy. Uh, She and Alec Baldwin share four children together. But on Monday, she shared a video of herself and her eldest daughter, uh, Carmen, who is six, comforting her. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she said it was, you know, as you can imagine, it, uh, it ripped her apart. Um, on Tuesday, she shared even more, said today, open, and it was not a nightmare, just a sad reality. The other post she had was really going into how, how much it tore her apart. Uh, but she said a uh, <clears throat> thank you 
for all your kind and sympathetic words. I don't know. I didn't know so many tears existed in the body. I'm trying to be present for my grief, but understand that life goes on and there is still beauty even in darkness. Yeah, four um, months is a long time, by the way. Um, uh, for to carry a baby and then have it miscarry? Yeah, because then essentially, yeah. uh, then you have to like, you have to birth the... Uh, Yes, yes. There's a lot of traumatic things that take place during that. You're so, right. So, yeah, I, I told you that there were a few miscarriages between my older brother and myself. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, you know, at that time, you of course, you're not going to tell the kid about that. I, I only heard about it later on in life. Yeah, my mom had one yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. before me. Right. You know, so there, 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 uh, things could have been drastically different. Um, but uh, Hilaria also suffered a miscarriage in April. Uh, she's been extraordinarily open about both her physical and emotional state after the miscarriages so i you know that's just uh, sad to hear uh good friends pete davidson and kaya gerber have become something more according i knew it to multiple reports despite <laughs> reactions that the saturday night live star has managed to secure yet another romance with a gorgeous woman it seems that he and the supermodel daughter of cindy crawford and randy gerber are indeed a fang so we talked about this when he got mm. the relationship with ariana grande that put him on the map yeah. for all these other women you notice the quantum shift mm-hmm. in his dating roster yeah i'd mm. like to see what his dating roster looked like they were to, cute yeah. but they were not at this level like oh wait um he there was a carly aquilino yes she's a stand up comedian she's cute. right yes and he i, I remember her being one of his squeeze. In fact, I think they were like a couple of comedian uh, girlfriends. Well, like long time ish. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Uh, Kaya and Pete are definitely in a romantic relationship, according to a source. They have been friends for a while now and running the same friend, running the same friend circle, but became romantic recently. They started hanging out alone more often after meeting up in New York City in October. Kaya expressed she loved Pete's personality. She thinks he is charming and is very intrigued. The They're on the same uh, same paintball team, Preston. Uh, yeah. The source <laughs> said they have been texting a lot this past Ooh. month and are definitely seeing where it goes. They're spending time in Malibu together recently and then flew to New York City because of Pete's work commitment where Kaya supported him. Did he slide into her DMs? Uh, he had to, yeah. right? And then, <laughs> but then they started texting. Right, then yeah. he slid in. Into uh, your PLs. <laughs> Wow, dude. Wow. I know what you mean. I know what that stands for. I just went lightheaded. What are you doing? (laughs) I would imagine he slid into her DSLs, too. Probably. I hope so. Uh, The 18-year-old model. 18? Oh, come on. Wow. You take that back. Is reportedly planning on staying in New York City with Davidson, uh, who is 25, for a few days. (laughs) (laughs) Gerber seemed to confirm the romance by wearing a P necklace. Oh, Noel. No. Right. Um, Okay, for Pete. For Pete, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Davidson linked up with Gerber shortly after breaking off his romance with Margaret Qualley, who he dated after his romance with Kate Beckinsale, who he dated after engagement to Ariana Grande. It's going to be the who begot who. Exactly. Rundown. This chain of uh, <laughs> between Pete Ac- acquisitions to his dating roster. That's going to be like right before the Christmas mass. Remember, they go through the entire roster yeah, of, yeah, uh, yeah. of the uh, ancestors of David or somebody. Begat who. Yeah. yeah. All right. Kim, Courtney, Chloe. 
King Kong's like uh, Bedazzled themselves with $30 million worth of Lorraine Schwartz jewels for their first KKW fragrance shoot. Oh the so-called God. Diamonds Collection Ooh. dropped last week. Diamonds. Diamonds, diamonds, diamonds. In diamonds, 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 diamonds. In the, diamonds. In the shoot. I'm Lorraine Schwartz. Uh, Chloe holds the pink diamond bottle. Kim holds the diamond bottle. And Courtney holds the yellow diamond. Uh, the array of jewels includes necklaces, bracelets, rings, and earrings colored coordinated with their line. So they were just wearing this jewelry for the shoot. All right. And they're advertising their own line of diamond jewelry. No, no, no. It's it's, fragr- it's hers? They're fragrances. Is it fragrances? Oh. I don't even know what the hell so it is. They're fragrances, <laughs> but the theme is diamonds. The fragrance is called diamond, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so they're don't just... don't give okay. a but they were wearing $30 million at the time. So Kim shared her inspiration for the line with People Magazine saying, I've always been obsessed with these Tiffany & Company paperweights that I used to collect. Oh, that's great news. They all come in different shapes, but I loved We collected it. rocks. They collected <laughs> Tiffany & Company paperweights. But I, I loved the emerald cut, she said. And now my daughter has them in her room. I thought if I did a fragrance collaboration with my sisters, it would be a real, it would really cute to have a regular diamond, a pink diamond, and a yellow diamond. So the sisters also shared their visions for their scents. Kim... Wanted her scent to be a different take on a white floral, she said. Uh, she said it has lots of tropical floral leaves and ylang oil. Ylang oil? She said, I love the smell of ylang ylang. Ylang ylang? <laughs> Have I ever heard of ylang? Y-L-A-N-G. Y- no, Yolanda. Yolanda. <laughs> Y-L-A-N-G. I have no idea if it's pronounced ylang. It's going to make you puke. Or if it's ylang or I'm, I'm not ylang, really sure. Ylang, ylang. Like, I'm look, I look immediately, all the essential oils popped up, so. Okay. Uh, Nick will try to pull up the pronunciation if you wouldn't mind yelling. Yeah. We're looking at a picture of the sisters all here done up to the nines with their jewelry and their various scents and everything, and I find them look... wholly unattractive. Oh, see, I was thinking the different thing. I think that's a really hot picture. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I do but not. I mean, they, they have look the really so artificial. They have the slick back, uh, you know, pulled back hair. They all they kind of look like the um, uh, from uh, Robert Palmer's uh, "Addicted to Love" video yep. yeah. uh, type of girls without super duper red lipstick, but that's so the. Kind of look they have. It is Elang. 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 Made from a flower. It, what the hell was that? <laughs> Stupid. Play it again. Pitched down or pitched up. I don't know why. <laughs> Hot. Okay. Now that's a clip Elmo. for later on. That's Elmo, Elmo and Dave Grohl. Right. Very. Um, <laughs> right. Elang, so Elang. She's a friend of ours, Dave Grohl. <laughs> I'm a Yolanda. That's what it's there supposed to be. A Yolanda. <laughs> Tickle me, Yolanda. Oh. Made from a flower, guys. Yeah. Elang. Elang. Yolanda. I want to say Elang is in a song somewhere. I don't know why. Elang. Elang, Elang, Elang. All right, anyway. Do, do. Lang, 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 lang. So she, she said, uh, Chloe described hers as a really dreamy, seductive, warm fragrance with a lot of pink, uh, tuberose, jasmine, and lilac blossom. It has a lot of tuberose and jasmine. And Courtney's perfume is a mixture of jasmine, magnolia, and lilac. What does all this nonsense mean? And a little vanilla. These are the scents. These is, are what uh, they smell like. Jasmine good? Is that, that I smell? love jasmine. Okay. Yeah. I like like lavender. Yeah, jasmine is uh, very spring-like to me. Okay. Is it like a summer breeze? Yeah. Makes you feel fine. It sure does. <laughs> you looked at me. This is giving me a headache just talking about yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Fragrances. Like, yeah. No, thank Kathy you. Kathy is can't. not a fragrance gal. As much as she's into all the other lady 
frou-frou things. Lady things. Do you have a, do you have just at the, just in case you want to use it, a perfume or a scent that you apply? No, absolutely Nothing. not. It would give me, I, I mean, I used to. I think as I got older. What, X? It got, no, it got worse. But yeah, I mean, I used to wear perfume and I remember when it hit me and I was like, I can't wear this anymore. This uh, is giving me a headache. Kathy, you should have like a scent neutralizer. Yeah. You know, some kind of spray oh that God, kills everything. That. Some It just sucks all the smell out of everything. Sometimes mm. we'll have guests come in, um, mostly guys, and they'll have cologne on and they'll give me a hug and like a little will get on my sweater or my shirt or whatever I'm wearing at the time. Yeah. And it will bother me for the rest of the show. How about something like Febreze? Uh, I, I don't, I can't. No kidding. No, okay. Like too much of it is... Sometimes, uh, you know, if, if it's used and there's a lot, like, it will really give me a headache. All right, so, okay. like, lemon-scented pledge or, uh, so like, a cleaner? Uh, like an cleaner. Ajax? I don't and bleach. That. Yeah, bleach she loves. <laughs> Puts a little bit of Clorox oh, behind each ear. This is great. Case, I don't mind. Just a little dab in the cleavage. I don't mm. mind lemon scent, but if it were in, like, a candle, that would bother me. Or okay. if it was okay. in a perfume scent, it would bother me. Casey, okay. do you wear a uh, cologne anymore? I do. I wear, okay. I have three different I scents. I must be used to it because yeah. I, I don't smell it. I, I wear cologne. Yeah. Kath, do you smell my cologne on me when uh, we do, like, pictures after the show? Because no. I, do, I do three spritzes. Is that, is that a lot? Under the sack? Uh, never it's under the sack. It's not a lot sack. because I can't smell it. If it was a lot, I would absolutely be able to to detect it. Okay. Steve, your I, yours, sometimes I smell, but most times not. You know who I smell all the time when the, they come in? Is Nick's that, piss smell. The, cat's, no. the cat piss on Nick? <laughs> no, I was Can we not, dispel that right yeah, now? Yeah, Just like, yeah, I don't smell not. like cat piss. That was a mistake that you Ooh. made yesterday. <laughs> it was not you. It was not you. Thank you. Robert Irvine, he, has, uh, he wears uh, blue from Chanel. Uh, and, I just saw him last week. The dude smelled great. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No. Uh, interesting, Kathy. You should just take like like actual lemons and just like squeeze a little bit on you. I, I need you like nose that. plugs and just yeah. shove them up my nose. So, I don't but smell Steve, anything. you, I, I smell you too. I, 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 smell, I you. smell you. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like Avatar, Avatar too. <laughs> I smell you. I see you, yeah, and I smell you. <laughs> Uh, that would would that be a great come online at, at a bar? Because if somebody had never heard that before, I, I smell, smell you. It's better than. <laughs> wait, oh, what was it, Kathy? Oh, uh, I want you, girl. I want you, girl. I want you, girl. <laughs> what? I smell you, girl. I smell you. All right, I have other stories. We're moving on from the fragrance of the Kardashians. Adam Sandler and Brad Pitt. This is kind of fun. Chatted during a Variety Studios Actors on Actors series and uh, had some interesting stories. For one. Sandler's acting coach told him that he wasn't cut out for the business. And Stop looking at me, Swan. And Pitt explained the story. <laughs> Hard to imagine, right? Yeah. Pitt explained the story uh, he first heard from director Bennett Miller. He said, you were at NYU. This is Brad Pitt talking yeah. to Adam Sandler. He said, you were at NYU, and it was your acting coach or acting professor, I believe. He took you out for a beer, and he kindly said to you, think about something else. He said, listen, you've got heart, but you don't have it. Choose another path. Sandler confirmed it, and then Pitt revealed the silver lining. He said, well, you ran into him when you were getting the ultimate payday. Uh, you were with a bunch of friends. So this is after he was successful. Right. And he said, anyone th- would think that's your opportunity to rub it in his face. Reportedly, what you did was you said, hi, you introduced him to your friend, and you said, this is the only teacher that ever bought me a beer. And that and that's and he left it at that. He didn't give him a hard that's time cool. or anything like that. Yeah, I would rather. And, and Brad thing. Pitt says that's the guy I know, and I think that that's why you're here after all these years. So kind of a cool little story. That I didn't know cool. they were buds. I didn't know that either. That's I, I, like, I would like to see uh, Brad Pitt in Grown Ups Three. Uh, I 
I'd like to hang out with those two. I think yeah, that, I think I, I could. Think that could be pretty cool. You guys remember Brad Pitt? Uh, yeah, he agreed to do. A skit with Jackass yeah. where he got abducted. I yeah. do. And people like, were freaking yeah. out. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, two more quick things. The future of NBC's daytime uh, soap, Days of Our Lives, is in doubt. After what? The entire cast was released from their contracts. Well, that pretty much means it's over, right? The 55-year-old drama, the longest-running entertainment show in NBC's history, mind you, will go on uh, indefinite hiatus at the end of November, although enough episodes have been banked to play out the rest of the 2019-2020 season, uh, NBC and Sony Pictures TV, which produces the show, declined comment. Could uh, everyone in the cast come in here for a second? Yeah, I have something to tell you. <laughs> You're all fired! And then there's that pause as they look off. Uh, Corday <laughs> Productions, which carries the contracts with the cast, made the call to release the actors. Days was renewed for 2019-2020 in January. Should it be picked up again, production would likely resume in the spring, but the cast would have to renegotiate their contracts. I guess that stuff is being um, phased out. So it, when it goes off the air, is there any other soap opera on the air currently? There are four altogether. What so, the hell are they on? So there's Days of Our Lives, uh, CBS's The Young and the Restless, and The Bold and the Beautiful, and ABC's General Hospital. You're so bold and beautiful. Those are the only ones left. Uh, I love that you're young and restless. Days, days. Is uh, averaging about. You're so General Hospital. <laughs> what? <laughs> the uh, it's averaging about two million daily viewers this season. The smallest audience of the four. The first time I saw you, mm. I knew you were the light in my pants. <laughs> I love you, General Hospital. Oh man! I want you to be my wife. General Hospital is not a character, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I do miss the short time of my life when I was hooked on soap operas. I was. It my, was fun. My two were uh, Guiding Light mm-hmm. and whatever the... All My Kids was the one that we really got. All My Children. Yeah. We called it my. We called it kids, <laughs> all my kids for short. All My Kids were just kids. Uh, but my sister, there was a summer <laughs> where... And I was probably... I don't know. I was, I was still... I was in high school, but it was just... As a kid, you did nothing. Well, and let me ask so you we this. would get up and, uh, you know. Wasn't it based a lot on, uh, uh, there was there was a super hot, <laughs> on Guiding Light, there was a uh, milfy woman that I thought was it. There are hot and, women and, on every show. And then, uh, the, actually, Lisa Loring, who, I think that's her name, who was Wednesday Adams, as an adult, was on one of these soap oh, operas. Okay. And I, I watched it because of her. And then, lo and behold, you get sucked into the plot line. Yep. And uh, and it was fun. My sister yeah. and I would would. It's the first thing we do. Just kind of you know wake up late in the morning, put it on, watch. <laughs> yeah, wake up at the crack of noon, and eventually yeah. get out of bed. I but love you. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, actually, I said there were two. I, uh, yeah, more. Uh, Keep it going. All right, here, real Let's quick. Let's go all day. Uh, Ricky Gervais has signed on to host the Golden Globes again. Oh, that's gonna. It, I, I tell you, some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen is him hosting the Golden <laughs> he, Globes. He just does not care. He doesn't. He yep. eviscerates people. This will be the fourth time for him, uh, and he says his last time. So uh, right, we'll see how that goes. He said that the last time. And then the last uh, thing, Disney said that it is working quickly to resolve technical issues just a few hours after it launched uh, Disney Plus uh, yesterday. 
Uh, the consumer demand for Disney Plus has exceeded our high expectations, and we are pleased by this incredible response and are working quickly to resolve the current user issue, a statement said. I hopped on it yesterday uh, in the latter part of the afternoon around 5, 4.30, I guess. Uh, it was up and running. I, I paid for the year, like I said I was not going to do. And I watched The Mandalorian uh, last night, Preston, that first uh, Star Wars episode of that Star Wars series they have. Uh, it was really good. It was really good, really. Did they release all the episodes or just... No, just the one. They're going to do it slowly? And I and I actually good. really li- I like what they have to offer. And I told you they had Kevin Feige. Uh, there's this uh, documentary or preview special of all the Marvel stuff they're coming out with. It's mind-blowing. Um, so, uh, first of all, how much did it cost for the year? 69 bucks. That's not awful. No. And then um, it just shows up like a normal app on your so, Apple TV? Yeah, we, I, so, you, 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 you can sign on to it on any platform that okay. will carry it. So, it, it's on Apple TV. It's on uh, yeah, on your regular smart suite of uh, apps on your TV. Yeah. You, can, you can download it as well. I have my son this weekend, so I'll probably do it then because I, I want to watch The Mandalorian. Okay. Uh, so, by the way, they... Uh, uh, they said about 35% of users reported login trouble and 64% had issues with streaming, but yours was okay? It came right up. No I guess problem. it depend, depended on what time of day It was the mad there. rush when it first came on, and they said it was mostly in the Northeast, which would stand to reason because sure. we're ahead of everyone else. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're ready for clips. We'll start with one uh, from American Horror Story. Nine seasons later, it continues to keep viewers on their toes. Uh, here we have cast member Leslie Grossman on how grateful she is to Ryan Murphy for creating her role. Ryan Murphy is my fairy godfather, and he has done so well by me. And he really gave me this as a gift. It was like getting a present wrapped up in a bow. Like, I'm going to give you something so fun and fantastic, and then you get to go and have fun and play with it. So it's meant a great deal to me. I I really enjoy it. I I think the first season was the best season of American Horror Story. I told you it became too self-aware and too crazy. This one has been all about horror movies and homage to horror movies of the uh, late 70s and 80s and uh, just the lifestyle. So it has a Stranger Things type of vibe to it. But Preston, it becomes so outlandish and 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 eagerly so that you can't help but just love it. I mean, okay. everything that could be going wrong at this summer camp goes wrong. That's but her great. name is Les Grossman, essentially? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Leslie Grossman. You're right. <laughs> She's great. She's the camp. So she was... <laughs> Mutilated, uh, her ear was cut off at the uh, camp when she went there as a kid, and she came comes back and takes over and reopens it. Uh, the season finale is on FX at ten o'clock tonight. Here's the next clip. Reba McIntyre and Dolly Parton will help Carrie Underwood on tonight's fifty third annual Country Music Association Awards. Stepping in for her longtime co-host, Brad Paisley. And in this clip, Carrie and Reba talk about the hardest part of getting ready for the show. Um, done lots of fittings, lots of tailorings. Um, you know, the nails need to get done as well. Um, I got my hair did. Um, all of those things. Nails yeah, we'll be ready. Gotta get, it, gotta, get it, gotta get it done. Just want to put the best foot forward there. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. God, I hate country music. <laughs> Do you? I just there, loathe it. Is there any element of, like, Dolly Parton's music? There are some parts of it that, yes, I do yeah. like. And, and I like Southern rock that has some country flavor in it. And there's a few country songs, yes, that are that are pretty good. And listen, yeah. they're great musicians. Yes. No question. They're wonderfully talented musicians. But 
the stereotypical stuff I can't stand about the truck and and my yeah. beer, and, and, which is in you know, and and every now and then, then I'm like, okay, let me go try it again. <laughs> Generally, the first song I hear will be about I'm a redneck and proud, and I'm just like, say ya. Yeah. Have you ever listened to um? Uh, Zach Brown and all have you? Ever, I mean, besides yeah. the song that we play, no, no, not outside of what we play. Okay, um, so he's got an album that I that I don't mind, but I was so mad. I was playing golf with my friend, and uh, we were listening to music. He had the speaker going, and there was a song. I go, I go, who is this? He's like, oh, this is Kenny Chesney. I'm like, God damn it! Why I, I you like? like kind of like I, I like this song. Uh, nah, I, Rochelle yeah. listens country music a lot, and if I get in and it's on, it it comes off immediately. I mm. just can't handle it. I can't. But she sings along, knows all the lyrics, and 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 all, and right into that those themes, those pandering themes. Yeah, uh, it's, it's 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 the standard trope. <laughs> when you get outside that, and you get to artists who really do, you know, like I. Like I probably like a lot of what would be considered the the older guys, or like like Johnny Cash, or yeah. or uh, um, uh, you know, going back to what Merle Haggard, yeah, all those guys. So those or the, the Highwaymen, yeah. you know, a lot of those guys represent the kind of what I is that even considered country? I, I it well, is, it, a lot it, of it. it did, and so I mean, in that movie Crazy Heart, that's essentially yeah. what uh, Jeff Bridges' character was. That, that I like. And then Colin Farrell was the. The Kenny Chesney, right. uh, you know, and so that's kind of what the, the music has morphed into. What I find weird about country music is it's like now island rock, you know. It's like what people are listening to on the beaches yes. of, uh, of Jamaica and stuff, and that makes no sense to me. Preston, listen to a song called Get Along. I think you might like that Okay, one. I will not You will not. That. Yes, you uh, will, because I'll make you. Really want, no, <clears throat> huh? <laughs> the CMA's here tonight, <laughs> eight, 8 o'clock on ABC, by the way, so there you go. I love Dolly Parton, though. Oh, she's amazing. She's amazing. Like I said, there's super talented musicians. Just a lot of that stuff, it just does not speak to me. And I'm sure there's music. You're more, you're more, you're more, uh, you're more hip hop. That's you. That's me, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's my jam. (laughs) Golly, do I love that hip hop. (laughs) Oh, yes, you do. You're more EDM. (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. All right, anyway. We have a secret text word. We have a chance to win uh, tickets to join us at the Happy Place tomorrow night for the Preston and Steve Knight event four packs. So text the word secret to 39333. We'll see if you can win a little bit later on. Dan freaking Aykroyd will be on our show this morning. Going to talk to him around 9 o'clock. So get set for that. We're also going live on Fox Good Day and more. We'll be back in a moment. Make sure that you stay with us. Proudly supports Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger beginning Monday, December 2nd at Xfinity Live in the Wells Fargo Center Complex. If scheduling prevents you from attending in person, you can still make a difference. Stop by your local Acme throughout November and make a donation at the register. Just look for the Camp Out can when you go. Your donation goes towards foods that fill abundance needs most to help area families. Go to WMMR.com slash campout for complete details and a list of especially needed food items. Acme Markets and 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Thank you very much, Kathy. It looks like Casey's very excited yeah. as he came in because he fixed our chocolate, our hot chocolate machine. Is that what you did? Yes, I did. Okay. All right, I came in this morning. Okay. It had just been activated yesterday afternoon as I was leaving, Preston. I came in this morning. I came in through the kitchen in anticipation of our first cold snap Dunkin' hot chocolate from our own coffee station, mm-hmm. and it wasn't working. I know. It Casey said you were working. a little fussy this morning. I was. I was. <laughs> yeah. He put me down for a nap, though. I was okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like I'm going to have to become a Dunkin'. 
hot chocolate machine technician. Okay. Uh, well, th- that's yeah. what I said. I, we have this big, huge machine. I'm like, I hope we have plans for someone to maintenance it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, I'm going to learn every aspect of this. I never really learned car repair in high school, but I'm going to learn how to do every aspect of this. as a manual in it. I'm going to read it okay. so I can make sure we all always have. By the way, it offers five varieties Ooh. of hot chocolate. So this morning we have hot chocolate and Dunkachino. Yeah. The the other three varieties are not full. Those are called hoppers. Pork. <laughs> no, 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 I don't no, even know. Maybe. All, all different flavors of, of hot chocolate. Which yes. Are, um, I'm very excited. Yeah. Mind you, this is clearly a first world problem. Yeah. But you need to understand, it's like we've been looking at this thing. It's been bathed in a halo of light. You uh, Speaking of first world problems, by the way, I had to switch cars with my wife the other day. And... Um, I didn't realize what a pain in the ass it was to actually have to take your keys out of your pocket to have to open the door. <laughs> because the key I've, I've been using is just, you know, you have it in your pocket and you just open the what door. What are we, cavemen? <laughs> so we have a Jeep. My wife yeah. bought a Jeep and you actually have to stick the key in the ignition. Oh what? what is that all about? How do you even deal with that? Well, welcome to communism. <laughs> I actually think it's kind of fun. I, 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 I like to, a little old school. I used, to tur- I used to turn the ignition on my car with a butter knife. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Steve, we go back so far, we actually had to walk out in front of the grill and turn a crank. Come on, Maybell. Well, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Casey, mm-hmm. because I have a list here from moneypop.com, and it is in t- it's titled Things... That are disappearing because millennials refuse to pay for them. So it's okay. a it's a transition. A lot of it is technology based and things like that. Um, so I thought it would be kind of interesting. And it is it's thick. There's a lot of stuff well, here. Preston, that handle on the front of the car that you have to turn. They right. refuse to use that. They won't do it anymore. Um, so there's some there's some surprising ones and some that are that are pretty obvious. So uh, how about this one? So movie theaters have been upgrading for the better. You know, now you can go in and you get these reclining chairs. There's a full bar you can order from. Sometimes there's wait staff that's there. Uh, and and movies that actually are like motion rides that yes. uh, where the seats vibrate and shake and, and environmental stuff happens. Uh, this study says the movie theater industry is slowly dying thanks to millennials electing to stay home and stream what they want to watch uh, the moment that it hits their favorite service. So theaters are having to up their game with stuff like that. So that's the result. Uh, you know we're just... I'd say a year away from at-seat handies. Right? Oh, my God, really? <laughs> yeah, a device that comes out. Like a machine? Out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Your own personal flashlight? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow, okay. All right. Uh, what else do we have here? This one I found interesting. Um, the name of the game is Body Wash. Bars of soap are almost obsolete these days. Chances are younger folks haven't used that dish, that soap dish, at all, and there's good reason behind that. So the reason really? being, yeah, Kathy... And I wanted to get your take on this. A Market Watch report said that 60% of adults 18 to 24 think that soap bars become covered with germs after using it. So I like the soap bar because I, I actually like the feeling that my skin is dried out a bit. Uh-huh. To me, Grandma it, likes soap bars. <laughs> because to me, it, it's, it's, I seem, it seems to be cleaner. Okay. So I, I get the germ aspect of the bar, but to me, once I'm finished and I'm showered... I feel cleaner if I use a bar. I I don't like body wash at all. Didn't you do it? The didn't loofah you do it? to me it's, is more disgusting than a soap of bar. I think you did a a, a, a study. Bar. Uh, bar soap. A soapy, a soapy bar. A soapy bar. It's bar so soapy. Um, you did a study on this, or you you, you were just an institute or somebody had a, a, a study of um, uh, uh, soft soap, squeeze yeah. soap in yeah. a bottle as opposed to bar soap, and bar soap was better. Yeah. Oh. 
I think so. I mean, listen, it's soap. It's there's not going to be germs on it. Which yeah. soap it cleans? Which soap is dirtier? Is just like such I an know. Ass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, by the way, bar soap does have pubes on it, though. Like it that, can. That's the you do worst. have to. Well, you that's the way you up. buy it. Yeah. Let me let me back up a step or two because we're talking about millennials, and until this morning, I I never really. I never identified myself with a particular generation, and I finally looked up one of what generation I come from. Hmm. I'm Generation X. Are you? Which You're is, Generation yeah. X. I was born in 1968, and apparently between 1960 and six or 65 and 70, I think it's considered oh. Generation X. Well, what am I? Yeah, what are we? We're all Gen X, and then Steve no, is, I'm uh, Neanderthal. Uh, baby boomer. Steve's a boomer. Yeah. So I'm I'm Gen okay, X too because yep. I'm younger than you guys. I know. What are you? I'm younger than you guys, so I was just wondering if I was Gen X still. Yeah, uh, yeah I think you are. Okay, all right. Yeah, so, I, but I never knew I was, I was Generation X. You're all Gen like, X? I like yes. being a part of Generation X. Yeah. yeah. I think What's Generation Marissa? X kind of gets stepped over. I don't she's know. She's probably Gen X as she's well. She's a squirt. Mm-mm. No, she she's says she's not. She's a squirt? <laughs> er, no. Oh, come on. I didn't say How anything. Did make this gross? Marissa? I was Gen Y, but then they just eliminated Gen Y and made me a millennial. What is you really? Can't do that. What? Yeah. You can't eliminate a, a generation. They, yes, I am a millennial. They eliminated Gen Y. Okay, I it call is, myself like the M- M- MTV generation. It right. is funny to find the the bashing of the quote of, of quote unquote millennials online. I I find it kind of funny because it's essentially any generation can be beat up on by the generation before. There are jerk offs in every yeah. generation. Well, but but things progress, <laughs> and, yeah. and that's the way life is. You know, I mean, we we do things that are easier because they're easier, and it's just generation after I, generation. I've never been in my day, we used to have sprinkles on it. That that was never my thing. So when people get into that and get really passionate about it, there's sort of uh, a fun exchange. Marissa and I were just talking about it between uh, AARP, you know, the uh, uh, the, the organization, right? And and so they've been they've been online sort of playfully swiping back and forth each other this millennial organization okay and, and okay. the head of the had fun with yeah, it yeah yeah good i mean i kind of take offense to marissa saying that she's from the mtv generation because like that ain't the mtv that I'm, i knew i'm the mtv man. yeah 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 but i'm like a mixture like i knew a little bit of the mtv you you're guys in what knew. ruined mtv you're the road rules uh real world <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, road yeah. rules <laughs> challenge generation of mtv we're the real generation i brought you guys Carson daily you did not. Oh, dear God. I'm sorry. You guys are yeah. nowhere near it. I'm the Victrola. Vic <laughs> generation. Let's call you Vic for yeah. <laughs> What I do enjoy, though, is this ongoing battle online uh, between the baby boomers and the millennials. It's to me because I'm just sort of caught in the middle. Yeah. It's like me watching a tennis match, right? It's funny to watch. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here's an interesting one. Uh, with, uh, and again, this article is from, uh, Money Pop and it's, uh, things that are disappearing because millennials refuse to play, pay for them. And this one I had no idea about. Young people aren't finding fabric softener what? as something they need due to the increased quality of clothing fabrics and washing machines. That don't need to have those yeah. added in the washing yeah. cycle, of course! But wouldn't that be everybody? I mean, if, if all clothes are kind of switching to no. materials like that... And As maybe- a boomer, I use- uh, Preston, I put rocks in my washing machine <laughs> to help them soft. Yeah, I stonewash yeah. them. Yeah. I don't use fabric softener. No, we don't okay. either. But what about the dryer sheets? I thought either. that was fabric softener. It's not. It's not, yeah. No, that's different. Br- dryer sheets you definitely want to use. Uh, statistics show that uh, decline in the fabric softener market started when sales dropped fifteen percent between two thousand seven two thousand fifteen. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, with, with that, Preston, though, the, uh, millennials are more inclined to eat fabric softener like Tide Pods. <laughs> ah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, how about this? Uh, being out on the ocean, millennials aren't too wild about the cruising industry. They didn't get a chance to grow up watching the Love Boat. 
Uh, so they have no inspiration to travel the ocean on a huge luxury boat. So apparently the cruise, well, uh, at least with the younger demographic, right. is, is uh, faltering. There was a pretty damning... Um, Piece on John Oliver last month, two weeks, two months ago. Also, Patriot Act too. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, about, yeah Patriot Act as well with um, Hassan Minaj, right? About is that his name? Uh, no, uh, about the cruise industry. Anyway, so if you watch any of those pieces and you're a millennial, you would never want to go on a cruise. What what is it? What it's is really it critical? It's terrible for the environment. The gas mileage of those things get is bad. But people that work on cruise ships work really long hours and uh, don't get rewarded for it. So it's, they it's, use bar soap. They, they use, use bar soap. What yeah. they really should do softener. is make them nuclear, right? Um, so yeah, that way they wouldn't. Have have to worry about all the fossil fuels that they'd be burning up, right? I mean, there you are could. there are naval nuclear, you know, vessels. So, all right. Anyway, uh, how about this beer? Uh, at some point, it becomes a staple in your refrigerator. At least that used to be the case for past generations. But there's a new wave hitting the forefront recently, and millennials are all in. That's pot, smoking oh. weed. Uh, and the generation coming behind millennials uh, likes that instead of alcohol. Not only is drinking beer becoming less and less popular. Uh, but it may soon become thinking people frown upon in the future. I guess they have stats to back this up. I don't know. Uh, they, I, it, I, I've I seen, wouldn't think so. No, I would not. And I've seen all sorts of... It, listen, these days you can find a survey that either refutes or endorses whatever opinion yeah. you have. Yeah. You know what my question was? Are people actually smoking the plant anymore or is it all just oils? Oh, no. They, they, edibles? They, they call it the flower. Uh, no, a lot of people smoke the bud. They they're, smoke they're the still flower. doing that. Okay. Absolutely, because like tons of people are just doing the oils. <laughs> I see it all the time. Earlier this year, it became legal in Pennsylvania uh, for those who have medical marijuana cards to buy what they call the flower, the bud, actual you know marijuana plant. Okay, so um, so right. now you can get it, but some states don't allow it, and uh, and some do, and uh, so that's where it is now. And now with all this vaping stuff, the vaping issues mm-hmm. with the the lung problems. Which, by the way, it was a vitamin uh, E acetate. I think is what they've huh. uh, they've uh, oh, narrowed, narrowed down the issue to. Really, uh, which is mainly found from the study that I read in um, bootleg, uh, you know, right, stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. However, they do recommend that you stay away from the THC uh, mm-hmm. based oils for a little while until they figure things out. So, so the people that are smoking the oil in, from mm. the pen is that technically prescribed? Yeah, yeah. that's what oh, that yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. And so is the so is the plant, the but actual so is, flower. So is the flower now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised uh, about beer dipping though, because the you know the craft beer industry is still really strong. You well, know? yeah. Let's go to our craft beer expert, Marissa Magnata from the desk. <laughs> well, I was going to say I realized this when um, Made in America Bud Light stopped sponsoring or Budweiser stopped sponsoring it, and now it's like McDonald's and Abercrombie. Really? Hmm. Because they realized, yeah, they re- well, yeah, yeah, but they realized that. Uh, not that, or there was a lot of people were under twenty one who are attending Made in America and, and not they able drink. to drink, yeah, um, or they just were doing drugs and not drinking as much. Mm, yeah. Did you see at the end of the summer, Casey? There was a story that was out that America literally drank all of the White Claw. There was a no. shortage of it, and there are was you none, drinking it. Do you, drink you know it? what? I I don't love it. Okay, it's okay. I, I I can have maybe one, but I can't sit down and you know. What have is a White Claw? It's just spark uh, like a malt liquor. It, well, it's seltzer, right? Like right. it's it's a spiked seltzer. All right. Yep. Yep. It's. I'm with you. It's okay. It yeah. It doesn't do much for me. By the way, I just got a text from somebody who said the flower became legal in August of 2018. So wow. in okay. Pennsylvania, I was in Canada a couple of weeks ago, and it's straight up legal. Yeah. Well, at least I don't know at province to province, but in Ontario, it was like straight up legal, and they had just made the edibles. Um, like legal. Let me tell you something. Yeah. In Vancouver, that is a major industry, yeah. uh, and has been for many many years. Uh, just a, 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 a totally robust pot industry. 
All right, let's go to some other examples of uh, things that are dying out because uh, millennials refuse to pay for them. This is uh, a well-known, and we don't have to discuss too much, cable TV uh, because of uh, streaming services have taken a hit. Uh, So that continues on. Um, Casual dining is on the decline. Uh, The CEO of Buffalo Wild Wings blames millennials for the restaurant chain's struggle to get people in the door and seated at a table. Uh, but perhaps with the emergence of apps like uh, Grubhub, Uber Eats, and Postmates, folks like to stay where they are and get their favorite dish come have have their favorite dish come to, to them. To be honest, Preston, during the week, I end up I I do more restaurant eating because of those apps now than I ever have because I I'm in the mood for like a salad from a certain place and they'll go get it for you. You know, mm-hmm. whereas whereas otherwise I might be too tired after work to go get that done. As far as casual dining is concerned, do you have one that you would consider to be your favorite? Uh, where I go, for my, my favorite for casual dining. Yeah, like Preston, would yours be like Texas Roadhouse? Yeah, uh, we we don't do it too much uh, anymore. We've been too busy, but Texas Roadhouse would have been our go-to yeah. casual dining joint. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're talking about one that's designed to be casual dining? Yeah, yeah. it'll be like that. Chili's, Applebee's, Fridays, Harvest back. for me is my, is, is my favorite on that level, that's you know? A, that's a step up above, that's a step I think, above. Yeah, uh, was, casual um, dining. I, I, I would assume casual I don't know why I just assumed it was one of those... Stop making assumptions, man. Cookie cutter uh, type of places. All right, well, anyhow, let's move on to something else. Napkins are going extinct. What? Millennials are more likely to use a paper towel in place of a napkin. Oh. I think this means oh. a cloth napkin. Okay. Oh, do you get called? Oh, okay, because I'll get called periodically by my wife, you know, for if I'm using a paper towel instead of a napkin, you know, paper napkin, you know. Yeah. Because that's for cleaning the counter. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I, no, I don't, I don't even buy napkins. Uh, you just buy paper towels. I just buy paper towels. Right. I feel bad using paper towels sometimes because I'll just wipe up one little thing and throw it away, and I'm like, oh. No, but now they have the, <laughs> oh, choose I, your size. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, I get, well, you can get like a half sheet and all yeah. that stuff. So I will I will do stuff. For example, if I clean up cat puke, I don't want my fingers to touch the, the puke. I'm with you. So I will ball it all, all up, and I will get a large piece. <clears throat> Claire will sometimes pull off the unused portion of the paper towel and, like, just put it there to be, like, really? Hey. Really? Can we just stop and sing the praises of Lysol wipes, by the way, guys? Um, (laughs) Those are, like, newish, right? They've only been in the the general market for, what, maybe five years? Well, start the the song. Yeah. Okay. Lysol wipes. I got You asked for us to sing the praises and then left us hanging there. No, you're probably right, but I didn't mean it literally. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Even though I say literally all the time, apparently. Uh, I meant it figuratively. Okay. Uh, wearing a suit uh, is kind of going out of fashion. You rarely see wow. people like uh, Mark Zuckerberg in a full suit. We wearing, stopped doing that last month. Uh, T-shirts, and uh, they have now made it synonymous with success. I'll tell you this. Uh, again, businesses are requiring less. I know here uh, you can be sort of a cat. Not, not, not in not, the sales department. You don't have to wear a tie you don't necessarily, have to wear a tie. but you so, do have to wear like a blazer. And, you it, know. Blazer. It, it's it's ratcheting yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, there was. did you see the email going through for uh, this Friday? No. Uh, if you yeah. pay five dollars, you can wear casual clothes. It's uh, for, it's a charity raise. You know, they're I raising like a yeah. charity are fund. We gonna but pay, so, are we going to pay five bucks? Yeah, so maybe we could come in wearing you know like a white beater. Oh, and, we should come in in pajamas. Uh, yeah, no, no totally. <laughs> underwear. <laughs> Nothing. A friend of mine just got a job with the, her. The entire company is millennials, and she said she went to work the first day in her like you know pantsuit or you know whatever. She was dressed nice, and she said she did not fit in at all. She said they all had ripped jeans on, boots. Nobody was wearing heels. No one was dressed up at all, and it, it shocked her. 
sister and she said I had to go out and buy a whole new wardrobe because I had to fit in with them. And then later on, she leaned over to the person in the cubicle next to her and said, how about that bar soap, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what? Right, what are you old talking lady. about? <laughs> Uh, how about this? Uh, not planning ahead for their life. A study uncovered that 75% of millennials don't have any life insurance. Uh, they don't have it because they can't afford it. Uh, not having the money to do it is one thing, but once they realize it's something they would need, sorting through the options can become intimidating. I think not having money plays a part into a lot of these oh, things yeah. that millennials are having to quote unquote yeah. give up. Is that oh. they just don't they can't afford it? Oh yeah. yeah. They, they, and when you when you begin your life with a um, huge college debt for sure that's a big issue when you when you meet people and you find out that they don't have uh health insurance mm. it makes like, me angry man i just you know i you're you're flirting with serious financial danger there yeah. you know i mean well and also we i think we talked about it. i think you had the the story about the study that says that um the younger generation they don't want to take the entry level job that's only paying them you know $20,000 a year so that also plays into why they have no money because they're just not taking jobs as opposed to working the jobs that are going to pay them you know a little entry level entry level positions entry level positions go. yeah uh, we have to wrap up because we got to go on Fox Good Day. But I have uh, we only touched on like half of this. Stuff. A gajillion. Another one is uh, uh, beef. Millennials don't want to be associated with the meat industry and have voiced their expression by refusing to buy it. Mm. They many prefer have, uh, killer whale meat, right? Many mm-hmm. have decided to become vegan or vegetarian, with their reasons being the mistreatment of animals and cows' association with climate change. And on top of that, beef isn't necessarily the cheapest product in the grocery store either. So the beef industry is taking a hit as well. Interesting stuff. Very interesting. Well, we, maybe we'll revisit it a, at another time. Possible. So we are we're going to have to take a break because we're going to go live on Fox Good Day in a moment. Let me give away a gift card. We have our friends from Grain Craft Bar and Kitchen. Oh! The Newark, Delaware location in our studio. And uh, Brent Porsche is going to be there tomorrow night. The Bud Light Platinum Thursday night huddle from 7 to 9 p.m. It's on Main Street in Newark. And come out tomorrow night for the event, and you could win a pair of Eagles Seahawks tickets, courtesy of Bud Light Platinum. Awesome. I'll take call number eight and give you a $25 gift card, 215-263-WMMR. We'll take a break and be right back. Stay with us. Activate the Preston and Steve Show podcast, 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Not up to Here we go. Hygiene standards. <laughs> he goes, if I didn't sweat too much in my underwear... Why not just wear it a second day or maybe stretch it into a third day? Hmm. Now, I don't want to get too personal, but Preston and Steve, how often do you change your underwear? Steve, let's start with you. God, it's usually on my anniversary. <laughs> okay. uh, my wife and I do it, and we, we actually don't put it away. We just swap. Oh, so, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. man. It's kind of our thing. No, I... I, I, uh, I uh, Honestly, I, like in the winter, maybe you can eke out a second day, but I'm I'm an everyday kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm an everyday. Yeah, right, I Preston? I hold fast on that. I I learned a long time ago that underwear and socks you don't rewear at all ever. And and I and some of my hygiene can be considered uh, questionable by Kathy Romano specifically. Oh, she questions everyone's hygiene. Hundred percent. What's here? What's here? Kathy? Like what? Yeah. Look at my face. Like <laughs> ew. What do you mean someone would wear the same underwear two days in a row? Preston wears his workout clothes sometimes two days in a row. Like. Are you kidding me? I'll wear it for a week in You a row. can do that, though. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. you're just going to get them sweaty. I take them off. I lay them back down, put them back on. They I'm, stink. So what? I'm going to stink in five minutes. I'm just <laughs> going to get them sweaty, he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I throw them in the dryer. 
No, there you go, Mike. Yes, absolutely. I hang them up for him to dry off. Why keep washing that, which are going to keep getting dirty? And it's only on for like 30 minutes or whatever, and you take it back anyway. But underwear. So here's what I do. The original question. Hang on. Here's what I do with working out with underwear, though. I will, right before I work out, I get home and I try to work out right away. I will take the underwear that I wore from the day before and put it on. Put it on. I've put done on, that. Put on my yes. dirty workout clothes. Go yes. work out. Take them off and shower, and then put my clean underwear back on. Yes, it's about it's about uh, prioritizing. Yeah. Not what, what, wait, you said laundry clean, sucks. What's that? It does. But you said clean underwear back on. Do you mean the underwear that you're wearing before you change the workout? Or yeah, really yeah, the yeah, correct. The underwear. You yeah, haven't the under- expended it. The underwear that I wore to work. I still got a half a day left. Yeah, but not that. a clean underwear. <laughs> But not clean underwear you wore all day. You need to understand that that, that Kathy is an an Andromeda strain kind of lifestyle. (laughs) Once I've slept in the underwear overnight and maybe sweated and I don't know, maybe even a little pee-pee came out. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) It happens. It happens. He's he's incontinent and proud. You never know. Just a little little (laughs) dot, you know. But anyway, (laughs) then it's officially dirty and I will change it in the morning. But you don't sweat and do all that other stuff during the day? No. Yes, no. yes, he does. He does not. <laughs> sit here for a little. Listen, yes, about, yes, you know. about, uh, you know, about halfway through the day, he has me lick his armpits just to check. <laughs> yeah, sure. And if, yeah. I, if I taste uh, salt, then I know he's been sweating. I was at uh, Dr. Mike's the other day for my annual appointment, and he says, I'm going to need a urine sample, a uh, stool sample, and a urine sample. So I just gave him my underwear. There how many times have I done that joke on this show? <laughs> you have, last question. All right. You have blue jeans on. Yes. Do you wear underwear with jeans? Yeah. Uh, half the time, no. What? Oh, Isn't yeah. it rough? No, because I wear panties. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, will panty I will go commando. I will go commando periodically in jeans. Yes. Summertime, I'll do Absolutely, that. Absolutely, when the living's time. easy. Yeah. yeah. I can tell you something right now, as a matter of fact. Ooh. Alex. You wear jeans, Mike? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean, Alex? What you, why does it jump to me? <laughs> well, it's so cold, I wore jeans today. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh, you are wearing jeans. I just looked down. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> I don't look down when it comes to you, Mike. <laughs> don't even want to think about it. straight ahead. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably the safest. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, Bye, guys. We'll, we'll see, see you later. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Interesting. All right, anyhow. So Mike's not wearing underwear today? Is that what I, that's, we, I think, what he right. just alluded to right then and there. Cool. All right, I didn't know we were that short on time going to those guys. Let's get a look at traffic because we skipped out on that ahead of time. What's up, Kathy? Pennsylvania Turnpike, we've got an accident westbound at Ben Salem. The accident off to the shoulder. Uh, westbound also slowing from Willow Grove to Fort Washington. Blue Route northbound jams 95 to Route 1 southbound Norristown to the Schuylkill, Broomall to McDade. Schuylkill Expressway eastbound, heavy 202 into Gladwin. The Boulevard to the Vine Expressway westbound, Passyunk to south. The Boulevard to Belmont and then slow uh, from the Blue Road out to Gulf Mills. On the Vine westbound, you're heavy 95 to Broad Street, the Ben Franklin Parkway to the Schuylkill Expressway. And then on 422, expect delays eastbound. Limerick to Royers, 429 to 23. 30 bypass eastbound, jams 340 to 113. In Delaware, 141 southbound at 95. The roadway reduced to two lanes. This is causing jam traffic. 896 at Old Baltimore Pike, uh, northbound. 
eastbound on 896. We just had an accident, so that's been cleared. And then in New Jersey, 42 North, heavy Coles Road to 295, 55 northbound heavy, Deptford to 42, and jam traffic on the Ben Franklin Bridge westbound, the downside to Ethan Vine. This traffic report brought to you by Panera Bread. Try the new Chipotle chicken scrambled egg and avocado breakfast wrap at Panera and pair it with freshly ground and brewed coffee. Breakfast that fast, not fast food. Panera, food as it should be. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. You guys mind if I mention something real quick here? Um, I I saw, it's it's concerning Camp Out for Hunger, so I saw a video, I showed it to Steve and and Casey and Kathy this morning. Of a uh, of of a gender reveal, yeah, it was a great one. It was a great one. It's one of the better ones that I've seen, and it's a uh, a girl who is uh, sitting. She's lying down. She has no pants on. She has a uh, pink and blue balloons in the background, and she's just kind of looking at the camera. And you see her kind of strain her face, and you hear her fart, and blue powder flies out of her butt. Yep. And then these girls go crazy. Oh, it's a boy. I think it's I think it's a joke. It's, I don't think yeah. she's really pregnant. I think what came out of her butt, I it's think real. that fart is real. I think she dusted her butt. Yeah. Her her, her butthole <laughs> with, with blue powder. We've yeah. we listen, we've we've done similar sort of things. And so. uh so I thought it was pretty hilarious. I think she put <laughs> powder in there. Um and it got me to thinking, especially oh, most recently with these gender reveal explosions and a woman died. And then the other day, I had a freaking plane crash because of a gender reveal. It's gotten outlandish. We need to get back to the butthole present. We do need to get back to the butthole. No, but here's here's a consideration. Last year at the Camp Out for Hunger, we did a mass wedding. Yeah. And it was a blast. It was we huge. Had, we had a great time. And I wanted to gauge the interest in maybe some kind of a mass uh, gender reveal event. Are there enough people out there who would participate? That's what I'm curious about. We're kind of we we have a couple of ideas. We've been working on some ideas here, but we want to sort of formalize things, and that is really predicated on participation. Participation. So. What I'd like to do is is put the feelers out there. Marissa, what's the best way to do this? What do you think? Just email Marissa. Marissa with one S at WMMR.com. How about smoke signals from your ass? You could do that too. (laughs) If you're expecting and you'd be open to maybe coming down to the Camp Out for Hunger uh, for a live gender reveal event that we will uh, put on and we'll make sure everybody listening knows... Because we can go through each uh, after we do some kind of a mass gender reveal, we can we can do a list of who's having what. Yep, and mention it on the radio, uh, so everybody will find out together. It's going to be something that's going to be unique, we yep. believe, and also uh, we were talking about if if you as a couple don't know, but a third party knows, we can also work do that with too. That. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So like we didn't know the gender of all three of our kids. But Gary Lauer knew. Gary knew. Yeah. And no, uh, we had, our doctors knew. The, we had the ultrasound done. They wrote the information down. They put it in an envelope. And then we gave it to uh, the, uh, uh, like, uh, Babies or Us or wherever yeah. we were getting yep. the receiving blanket and all the, all the so stuff. So you had the, the, the right stuff. So we had the right stuff yeah. and the baby was born. So there there are some people who will do that. And you're right, Steve. We can get that information yeah. to us. And who knows? Maybe we could break some kind of a world record for Gender reveal, the largest gender reveal uh, party in the world, That'd be cool. or something, or at least provide know. a lot of people with a lifetime of regret. Yes, that yeah, too, yeah. and that would be, be very nice. No, it, I, I think I like this idea. What yeah. we've been talking about, I think, is fun. 
Uh, it would be visually pretty cool. We're just working out the specifics of it. We're, again, trying to formalize some things. Yeah, we're kicking but ideas But we need around. to know if there's enough people to validate it. Yeah, so if if you think, and, and if you know somebody who's pregnant who might be interested, uh, let them know. You can play this part of the podcast for them if they did not hear it. Uh, and let them know that we're interested in maybe doing this mass gender reveal party. It would be in the morning sometime during the week of uh, December 2nd through the 6th. Is there still enough time for people to conceive... And and get <laughs> no. and no. get the results back. No. I'm not I'm not big no. on biology, so really. I don't know Damn, how it works. We should have done this about eight weeks ago. You know what though, Steve? What people should start having sex anyway. Start just sure. just in case. Just in case you can tell, you can even yeah. lie about it. Right. Yeah, or in fact, even if you're not, don't use birth control. Or if you want to have sex there in the parking lot, let's see. We we it's, don't know. It's for charity. Doctor Mike can do Stop something. It. No, right. no. So let's see if you can um, if you can get in touch with us and let us know. We just want to know if there's enough pregnant people. Uh, that want to to do this type of thing. We had to put the kibosh on Daisy Chain across America because <laughs> that that seemed very hard. That's millions of people. Millions of people. Yeah. yeah so you know. All right. Anyhow, uh, please get in touch, Marissa at WMMR.com, or you can email any of us, and we'll we'll try to uh, gauge the interest level because the wedding thing went beyond our expectations. There were so many more people that wanted to do it than we had anticipated and ended up being wonderful, but I just don't know if there's that many pregnant people that haven't revealed the right. the, the gender yet that are available Listen, to do this type of thing. Again, if it's we're looking for we have a certain amount sort of in mind and yeah. we'll see what we end up with. Yeah. We we have a ton of stuff planned for the for the camp out, but this is uh this would be really cool. This yeah. is just more to add to the plate. Um and if you are planning a gender reveal, this weekend or in the coming weeks, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. hold off on it. Hold off. Chances Thank are you. you'll dismember yourself anyway. Yeah. So yeah. keep that powder in your mouth. <laughs> right. And don't reveal it. All right. Let's do the bizarre file. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's bizarre, bizarre file. All right, and it's brought to you by Patient First, another Patient First difference, Urgent Care, that opens 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day of the year, 19 Eastern Pennsylvania and South Jersey area medical centers. Learn more at patientfirst.com. Oh, you're going to love this first story. A homeless man dumped a bucket of hot diarrhea on a Los Angeles woman near the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Dear God. An unprovoked attack that has left her with PTSD. Where do you get a place to heat up your diarrhea? Because I've been looking for a place. Heidi Van Tassel said that uh, she was about to drive home from a Thai restaurant near the famed tourist area when the alleged assailant, a guy named Jerry Blessings, (sighs) dragged her out of her vehicle. He pulled her into the middle of the street where he dumped a bucket of feces over her head, and she said it was diarrhea hot liquid. So she was, well, so we don't don't know if it was heated to like a simmer. It was just, it just could have been fresh. Well, no, it actually, I have more on that. Well, you have a hot plate? No, but uh, listen to her comment. She said, I was soaked and it was coming off my eyelashes and into my eyes. Oh, my God. Referring to the amount of feces used in the attack, paramedics who treated her said that it, quote, looked like the man was saving it up for a month. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear So I think he kept pooping in this bucket. Honestly, don't you empty your diarrhea container every week? Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, 
This so this was a random, obviously, person, right? Yeah, he yeah. had no gr- gripe or grudge against this particular woman. She said she was rushed to Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital where she was tested for infectious, they euthanized her. infectious diseases. Uh, the PTSD that I'm dealing with, she said, is beyond anything that I've ever felt. There needs to be some kind of help for the victims of these crimes. Is that oh post-turd God. syndrome? Uh, it probably would yeah. be. Uh, and Blessings, who was described as a transient who suffers from mental illness, was arrested on a battery of charges and jailed. Oh, was it a top-level lawyer? He was sent by a judge to a residential facility for people with mental health issues, but was released, which uh, concerns Van Tassel. So uh, she's... There are diseases, obviously, that yeah. uh, she could get from E-coli. that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Uh, a 30-year-old man in China had to have a tooth removed from his nose because it grew inside of his nostril for 20 years. He had a tooth in his nose. That was actually growing, yes. Casey, that'd help you get cut right to the chase. <laughs> uh, Zhang Bengheng went to the hospital last week after reporting a severely blocked nose for three months. Doctors determined there was a tooth that had been knocked out during an accident when the man was 10 years old causing the blockage. But doctors suspected oh the tooth God. was uprooted. Pushed into the man's nostril by the impact of his fall, and then somehow managed to root and grow there. Jeez. How does that? How does a tooth grow within the nose? How do you transplant it into your nose? Doc- how do you mend a broken heart? Doctors removed the tooth during a half-hour surgery, and the patient is said to be doing well. What kind of condition was the tooth in? Were there? Were there? Did they mention if there were cavities or anything? No, I did. I he don't brush know. his nose. That's a good question. Maybe it was. Maybe it was the best tooth in his head. <laughs> it could have been. But it, it could have been in prime shape. I don't really know. Uh, we're looking at a picture of it. It looks pretty disgusting to me, so maybe it wasn't. A man has stabbed three performers during a live show in a Saudi Arabia in the, Saudi Arabia's capital. The victims were in stable condition. Footage broadcast by state television showed the man identified as a 33-year-old Yemeni running onto the stage during a musical performance by what appeared to be a theater troupe. Uh, the victims, uh, two men and a woman, sustained superficial wounds. So an audience member ran up and stabbed him. It wasn't the entertainer. Uh, and stabilized after receiving medical care. Yeah, it was somebody, uh, I think it was outside, Steve. Was it um, a theater critic? Uh, who knows? Uh, a video appeared to show a man in street clothes rushing onto the stage Jeez. toward a group of costume performers and then falling into the gra- onto the ground uh, as someone else chased him. Another video shows the scene from another angle. As the assailant tumbled off the stage and the performers fled, the motive for the God. attack was not immediately clear. It reminds me of Naked Gun when they <laughs> talks about Drebin uh, yeah. takes out these kills these uh, assailants. Right. When I see that was that was Shakespeare <laughs> in the park. <laughs> uh, how about this? The makers of South African uh, gin infused with elephant dung. Uh. Swear their use of the animal's excrement is no gimmick. No, it sounds like a gimmick. The creators of Indlavu Gin, Les and Paul Ansley, stumbled across the idea a year ago after learning that elephants eat a variety of fruits and flowers and yet digest less than a third of it. Hey, let's put some elephant crap in booze. Les said, as a consequence, in the elephant dung, you get the most amazing variety of these botanicals. I bet you they don't drink it. Uh, He said, why don't we let the elephants do the hard work of collecting all these botanicals and we will make the gin from it. There you go. It's just that easy. His wife had suggested that. Her idea came uh, after a safari during which a wildlife ranger described an elephant's digestive process. Process. Weeks later, he said his wife woke him up in the middle of the night with an inspiration. And I said, well, let's give this a bash and let's see how it works out. The first batch of elephant dung came by mail from the park where they had uh, taken their safari. And then the couple, both scientists, by the way, 
uh, puzzled for a while before working out the gin-making process, and they now collect the dung themselves using their bare hands. I bet they don't have a lot of sex. They describe the gin's flavor as lovely, wooded, almost spicy, and earthy. So, you know, coffee beans, a lot of coffee beans are digested through, uh, you know, various monkeys systems, and and, uh, that's part of the deal. Kopi Luwak. Right, right. So... I've never heard of using elephant dung for this property. No, the gin is often a hit with tourists seeking a unique souvenir and a story to tell when they return home, the couple said. With that in mind, the gin is sold in game lodges and duty-free shops in addition to regular online sales. It's disgusting. Wow, that is gross. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you at this point in time. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, our friends from... Uh, uh, Grain Craft Bar and Kitchener here this morning. They brought some cool-looking stuff there. Yeah, they did. They brought in a, a breakfast salad. A breakfast salad? What? Which you don't really hear. Yeah, it's called the Sunrise Salad. So it's, it's better than Dung Gin or whatever it was. Listen to this. Arugula, strawberries, almonds, coconut, granola, hard-boiled egg, and bacon with a light maple dressing. What? How That's... awesome does that sound? That sounds great. Uh, they also brought uh, short rib and grits huh. and crab nachos. So we're eating wonderfully this morning. Uh, and you can as well, and you can also win some stuff and drink some goodies uh, for the Bud Light Platinum Thursday Night Huddle tomorrow night. Now, this is at their Newark location because they're also lo- located in Kennett Square, Bear, Delaware, and there's a new location at uh, Lewis Ferry Terminal. But uh, keep in mind that tomorrow night, $2.50 Bud Light Platinum bottles during the event. And in addition to the Eagles game day tickets I'll be giving away, cool. you could also win an autographed Malcolm Jenkins jersey courtesy of Bud Light Platinum. So Brent Porsche will be there tomorrow night from 7 to 9. We'll take caller number 18 and give you a $25 gift card to Grain Craft Bar and Kitchen right now. 215-263-WMMR. That is the number. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. Don't forget, Dan Aykroyd on our show in a little while. Stay there. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. The Preston and Steve love you. Next message. For the snowflakes who love to put the please be patient student driver on the back of cars of people who are learning to drive, that just makes me want to f- with you more. <laughs> the Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR. Rock. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, before we get into things, Nick wanted to mention something. Yeah, I just got to teach a class yesterday at uh, Villanova University. Keith Jones from NBC10 invited me out. It's uh, broadcast journalism, and um, they uh, wanted to focus their class yesterday on radio and the future of radio and podcasting and things like that, and they wanted to use the Preston and Steve Show. And uh, WMMR is an example of um, things that have been around for a while and uh, hopefully will continue to be around for for some time to come. And these kids were fascinating and interested, and it was really cool to see 18, 19, 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds interested in radio. And, uh, you know, to have them ask really important and interesting questions and interested questions was cool. So I just wanted to thank Keith and uh, Villanova for having me out and being a part of their class yesterday and and for all the kids for actually being engaged. And and, um, the future is bright. It was cool to see these kids and and to to chat with them. I really enjoyed it. Keith Jones is an awesome dude. He's a great guy. And he's going to go back to the Olympics this year. So uh, if we want to chat with him, he's going to be in Tokyo next summer. And uh, we'd love to, you know, if if he would like to, um, if we would like to have him on, he'd love to come back and do that again with us. Cool. Nice. Uh, All right. I have some uh, Casey music, please. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. 
rather than say I noticed something, I just want to know the music speak for itself. I notice things. The noticer surprises us. Out of nowhere, the noticer appears. Hmm. He notices things so you don't have to. You're too busy trying to figure out bar soap. You know what I noticed the difference of? The toilet seats at home and the toilet seats in public bathrooms. Okay. All right, lay it on us, noticer. The toilet seats at home are a complete uh, circle. And the toilet seats in public restrooms are a U-shape. Is that by design? It is by design. What do you think the theory is behind that? I have a theory. Okay. It's so you're... Peen doesn't touch the toilet seat. So the peen doesn't touch the soil <laughs> toilet seat. Kathy? Minus that you can use your foot easily to put it up if you need to. Okay. So you don't have to touch anything. Any My, uh, it's easier to down. bob for apples. Because <laughs> you have that lip right yeah, there. Yeah, because you have that lip. You, right. can put your, sure. you can put your neck over. Right, right, exactly. Gives but you I, an edge. I, I could be wrong. Which one of us is right? Uh, <laughs> me. Casey is sort of right. Uh, part of it is that, but it's also a big part of it. Is, is it so l- even though it's in men's rooms too, so ladies can wipe easier. That makes sense. Okay. So, so for how does uh, that make it easier? For when you're wiping, I can't wipe at home. No, no, no because no, no. most of us, I, I, you guys, I know, I bring someone else in to help me wipe. Right, yeah, yeah. I yep. usually and wipe it's harder seat. Wipe, wiping after peeing. <laughs> after, Kathy helps right. me. Uh, so there, it, like the hand, it, it I just guess. gives you a little more room. Kathy sits on my shoulders with a long coat, and we go in together. <laughs> and you don't, you don't <laughs> Come on, Steve. She's got a fake mustache. Okay, I'm going in to go to the bathroom. Wait. It's down. It's down to hygiene. Uh, so, but mm. yes, part of it is definitely so. Uh, genitals aren't touching where genitals were okay. touched. Let me tell you something. Men. And, and I can anyway. appreciate that. Pre- yeah. Preston and I could, could do like a, a Michelin review of the toilets in this building. I, I think we actually we all could, but yeah. they're like down by the uh, the fanatic Preston. Though there is a the toilet that is not the larger stall for the um, handicapable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the water jet invariably hits your sack every time it um, flushes. It flushes. Try, yeah. try to get it, up quickly. Yeah. Yep. So let me ask you, why aren't the ones at home the same as the ones in the public restrooms if the if hygiene is the issue? That's a good question. I guess, uh, you know, uh, they don't mind. Maybe you don't mind that, uh, you know, your ugly's touched where uh, your see. family's ugly. Yeah. I, I, I hate my toilet at home. So I have my own bathroom. Obviously, we don't have kids. The cats don't use the toilet. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. good. I hate my toilet because, it, again, I've said this many times before. From the, the end of the toilet, like, you know, away from the toilet, uh, uh, back... The the slope down is so. It slopes down. Yeah, so it so slopes it stains, down, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. It, what? Yeah, it, I it, hate it. It stains. There's there's not enough uh, of a bowl for stuff to let's say float. Exactly. So, so it ends up like right on the porcelain, and it doesn't matter if it ends up on huh. the porcelain for for you know ten seconds or it two minutes. It doesn't matter. I hate it. It's still it's going to leave residual stuff there. Now, does your water flush from the back or from the front? Well, because if it flushes from the front, it still doesn't wash it off well it, enough. I, I yeah. just perceive it as coming around the entire yeah. circumference yeah. of the bowl as it does the deal. Now I have my little bidet thing hooked up, which right. I love, but even still, yeah. It doesn't. It does not help. It's a poorly it's, designed toilet. Do you think it's the toilet or is your floor? No, it's, it's, no, it's, no, no, no. It's, it's the toilet. The, there is too much of a. Uh, there is a gradual slope down from the end of the toilet to where the the actual. Yeah. The, well, we have a similar toilets toilet. aren't that expensive. You can nah. get a new one. Really? It's <laughs> it's just a matter. Of, <laughs> Steve, you can buy a new one. I, Santa. Then, <laughs> then you have to have like somebody. It's my toilet. You have to have somebody install it, and uh, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. At 
Yes! Verizon will come and do it What? I've you. been living a nightmare yeah. for no reason. Yeah, I should probably do mm-hmm. I thought your wife could do it. I'll send Shell over. <laughs> yeah, she could do it. She's done it. Casey, yeah. you asked on air a few weeks ago, uh, do you have a favorite toilet in the house? And I, I dismissed that question, and I want to apologize for you because I thought about it since then, and I realized that I do have a, a favorite toilet in the house. Mm. It's the downstairs toilet. Really? It's, it's my go-to. Yeah, the upstairs in my bathroom. Uh, it, uh, I don't care for it. Is that where you keep your poop knife? Uh, no, no. I don't have a poop knife. <laughs> poop knife. I, I felt that I don't need it. Uh, but I do, I, I like the flushing technique of the toilet downstairs the one yeah. I, w- I wish i had the toilet downstairs upstairs i have a pooping toilet and peeing toilet in my house you know and the pooping toilet's in my bedroom now so, that i don't have no, a pooping toilet and a peeing toilet yeah i mean I'll does pee that it. just mean that you like the pooping toilet more than the it's because it's away it's 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 in my master bathroom the other toilet that I, I would, appreciate that, like downstairs yeah. in your house that everybody else is using. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. So I, I have, again, I have my own bathroom, and Claire has her own bathroom, and that's wonderful. I that's love, cool. the, I love the placement of my toilet. I, I love where it is. There is actually a shelf right in front of me where I could put a full dinner serving. You know, with, <laughs> if I if I wanted to eat a full meal with a candelabra, I could put it there. But I have my like my iPad. I could have stuff going. <laughs> has any of your Batman stuff made it into there? You yes, there's a that. Batman uh, toothbrush holder. Yeah. Oh man, you you could really I could do that. Up you could do it up. I told you I made you. I made my rock and roll no. bathroom in the basement. Kathy, yep. you would miss them. Oh. <laughs> my rock and roll bathroom. Oh, it is I want to see that. Will, will you? Will you? Yeah, you'll, you'll, I'd, it's still where I'm. It's when still you're got done, final touches. Preston's oh. been working on a rock and roll bathroom. Now, when yep. it's done, give us a tour if you can. I will. Yeah. yeah. I will. Wait, it's in your basement. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought it was the bathroom off of the kitchen, like living room area. No, no, no. And the whole time I'm thinking, I cannot believe she let him do that. <laughs> no, like, it's that right. Seems very weird to me. It's yeah. right next to my drum kit. Basement. So it makes got sense. it. By the way, the concept to me always like like you have that that bathroom that sits off the kitchen. That is probably predominantly a peeing bathroom, correct? No, we all do whatever <laughs> oh, do we want to do. You reckon? Yeah. Really? We're a family. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to redo my bathroom up in my, my master bathroom, and I'm excited because I'm going to be able to turn... Oh, no, I'm going to be able to turn the toilet into its own room. Like, it, they call it a water closet or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to be able to put a uh, separate door on that. Awesome. Ooh. Because... I mean, honestly, my bathroom is freaking Grand Central Station, and nobody has any privacy. Why your bathroom? Don't you get some privacy in your own bathroom that the kids... No, he's always talking about how the kids are are wrecking his bathroom. So my bathroom in my master bedroom, the door doesn't lock. So if I need to lock the door, I need to lock the bedroom door in order to get... And and I often don't, like, think I even need to do that. And That's crazy. The worst worst is I go up because I do... Because it's just my wife and I in the house. And obviously, so I go up and I'll close the door on my, there's the second floor, and the door is just open, it's just an inch, just open an inch, I'll close it, and I'll go in and do my business. And then sometimes, the door will come flying open as a cat (laughs) pushes on, because the cats now have to come. I have the same situation with the dog, and it's kind of funny, because the dog, no matter what, Reggie, uh, whenever I open the door, and when I'm done, he's waiting there, and he's like... He's got this look on his face like, did you poop? It was, it was a good one, right? <laughs> I can smell it. It was a good one. Good job, Nick, bud. it's the same at my house with Jace. He won't... I have a bathroom for Jason. When he was little, that's yeah. where he would take a bath. That's where he would go to the bathroom. No. It is my bathroom in my bedroom. You have to see the, the tub. It has Legos just all around the outer mm-hmm. edge of it. Things that he plays with when he this, takes this a bath. Begs, this begs the question, like with that, Kathy, and, and pressing this whole topic in general. How, how many millions or... Uh, 
what? How big an industry is the toilet industry? Because it's something I mean, that's dealt with multiple times on a daily basis. Everybody by everyone. has to do it. Yeah. Everyone has to do it. We all clearly have what we like and don't like about various toilets and configurations. Uh, you know, wh- wh- how much money does that generate uh, as an industry? The toilet industry? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> well, I just saw something, and I don't know if it was a fake picture or not, but I kind of liked it. I don't know why I liked it so much, but it was a toilet seat where you can uh, lift, like, half of it. Do you, does that make any sense? Like a farm door uh, for peeing purposes? I, I guess so. So you know, I don't know. <laughs> Who, who's got time to lift the no, whole seat? It's, 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 it's <laughs> if you're half-assed. <laughs> yeah, if you're half-assed, that's what you use. By the way, the, uh, the U-shaped uh, toilet seat, which is what we got started with, um, is down to hygiene as most public authorities in the U.S. have specified plumbing codes. One in California says... All water closet seats except those within dwelling units shall be either of the open front type or have an automatic seat cover dispenser. And it was first uh, brought in the American Standard National Plumbing Code in 1955 and then later in the Uniform Plumbing Codes in 1973. The gap in the seat is meant to give the user a little breathing room to avoid touching the seat with your genitals and provide one less space where urine could splash. And also, it is meant to make it easier for women to wipe. Do you know what? I would I would uh, prefer, actually, having a toilet seat like that, the, the U-shape at, at home? home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, get me one. All right. One. So, uh, I, I, okay, so when it comes to toilet seats, do you have a preference? Because my mother uh, has to have a cushioned toilet seat. Mm. So I hate cushion toilets. I don't like them. I don't like them either because uh, for some reason when I when I put it up to pee, yeah. I put the seat up. It does not stay up. I have to hold it up yes. with one hand. That and also and it's irritating. I me. don't like that. I don't like that shifting. I, I'm very precise. I okay. feel like that's an older thing too. That was in like. Older homes. I don't think they... My wife likes it. Uh-huh. Do you still have one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you do? I hate it. Oh. <laughs> I hate it. I've told her. I just sent Marissa a tweet that my wife sent me yesterday, uh, and I want to get your take on this. It's a, it's a bathroom concept that I've, uh, I've never seen before. Why don't you uh, just tell us about it? Okay, so it's a... Oh, <laughs> Well, I wanted you to see the picture of it. It's oh, but oh I, can't, I, didn't, I didn't know why you sent her a tweet. Okay, uh, right. yeah, it's, but it's got a pictures, and so there's a, apparently a house for sale in uh, Philadelphia. I don't know where in the city it is. It might oh, be I saw this. The open concept. The op- yeah, there's no door. <laughs> okay, that's a horrible idea. The bathroom. So, yes, but it's in. It would be in, say, like a master suite. It's it, horrible. It wouldn't be out in the open, like your downstairs bathroom. This oh. would be in your master suite. Where it's the worst thing. Do ever. you really need privacy? Oh, I, guess. I see. Okay, the and it's still out in the open. Oh, and it's got an open shower too. Everything's open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, no. uh, full of meather. Uh, no, yeah. Out. Even my wife, I don't like her to see me. No, my when old I, neighbor did this. I'm... Was converting his upstairs um, uh, bedroom and took down walls, and there was basically it was like next show is at you know two o'clock because uh, yeah. you, you're 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 on display. And he he regretted that decision. It's yeah. probably your most vulnerable moment you're yeah. ever in. Yes, and I like to feel protected, I, almost like a weighted blanket. Yes, <laughs> I need something. Twenty five pound blanket to hold me and surround me. Yeah, if mm-hmm. you ever watch a like, ghillie suit, like yeah. House Hunters International, I like to crap in a grill in a ghillie suit. You'll, you'll check out these bathrooms, and it's the main bathroom where it feels like the entire bathroom is the shower, right? So, and that just seems. Uh, Awfully weird. No, to me. I, I, I. So they try to get trendy. When we went to see the uh, the Eagles play in uh, in London, 
The, the, that remember, shower room? That shower room that was weird. sucked. It was I weird. liked it. Sucked. Well, what you didn't have is the extra added feature that provided shower water to the carpet outside. Yep. <laughs> I had that Mine feature. Mine did have that. Yeah. Yeah. I had that feature. Uh, it took me a little while to find the bathroom in yes. the hotel room. Yeah. 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 I'm like, where is the bathroom? So I, did I get a room with well, no shower? It's like one of those hidden refrigerators. It yeah. looks like just the cabinetry. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was crapping like in the refrigerator. <laughs> By the way, Casey, yeah, so the, the open shower thing is kind of cool. The only thing I don't like about it is I like it to be nice and warm. Warm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so when you have it, it's more enclosed, all that steam stays in there and keeps you warm. I would think warm. it would be cold. Yeah. All right. Well, anyhow, all right. that's a little history on the, the toilet. Notice or notice the bathrooms and restaurants are different than the restaurant bathrooms that you have at the home with the guy with the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna stay in the home, though. Uh, this one's a very expensive home. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci? Uh, is selling his waterfront Jersey Shore home. Uh, and he's from he's a, he's a New Jersey native, but he's selling his waterfront Jersey Shore home. It's in uh, Lavalette uh, Ocean County, a neighborhood of Lavalette Ocean County, uh, and he's he's selling it for six point five million dollars. Now here's the deal: it's it's seventy two hundred square feet, good size house. Yeah. Uh, he it was built in nineteen ninety. He bought it in ninety four for eight hundred and fifty thousand hmm. dollars, and is now selling it for six point Five million. Right, we're well, looking yeah. at a picture of it. Well, that's it is pretty it's pretty badass. It's, what year did he buy it? He bought it in ninety four. My yeah, guess right. is, is this the original structure? As or, yeah. or, uh, because it I looks like a house built in nineteen ninety. It definitely. looks like actually two houses well, joined together. Yeah. Here's the deal. And Casey, it says in this article that it appears the home has not been updated since the nineteen nineties. Even the uh, pool. It says a uh, laminate countertop bar, uh, brass, uh, a kitchen with white walls, black accents, and pastel fans. Yeah, you have to take so it's into, outdated. You have to take into account when you're selling a house. Put the like, picture back up if you could on the screens here. Um, you have to take into account that, that you know people are going to have to go in and, and redo things. So, I mean, that's, let's say, modestly, a million dollars worth of work that you have to do inside the house. So you have to knock that down to five and a half million. Well, so they're, they're going to shoot the works, obviously, with the asking price. It is sprawling. And I yeah, and I know that the, the real estate is outlandish in that general area. It, it appears to be that the house purchases right up on the water. Yeah, yes. I don't, I that's, need a, to, that's a pier, is it not? It, it, looks, it looks like it, yeah. Yeah, but it also, I mean, that looks like a bulkhead. I don't know. I need to see what the actual oceanfront part looks like. Is there a beach or is that? No, it looks no, like it's right not there. Right there. There's water right there. That's, 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 that's a dock. Yeah, so it goes, it, it'd almost be like, you know, how the um, uh, the houses in like Margate go right to the, uh, uh, right to the, what's the coastal waterways back there? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, so there's yeah, no the beach. It just goes straight okay. into it. All right. You jump off your dock into the water. Right, exactly. So, so I think that's what this looks like, Case. Nick, your girlfriend opened your eyes to some beach towns north of Atlantic City that uh, I had never, ever fancied. And, and they're way more expensive. Like, you know, we're used to Ocean City, Avalon, uh, you know, Sea Isle. Grundle uh, Bay. Grundle Bay, Stone Harbor. Well, Avalon and, and, and Stone Harbor are probably the most expensive. What What, what is what is categorically the most expensive? Stone Harbor. Stone, Stone Harbor? Harbor. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean that that's it's just unbelievably expensive. That's where you know the I, I think the hers uh, family has one there. They do, yeah. And and they they're Jay the ones. Wow. Well, no, well, remember no, that this... nun house that they had uh, that was. Um, I mean, it was just a little shanty. It was a little shack, and it was going for like seven million dollars or something like yeah, that. Anything in the house? Yeah, it was we like talked, talked about it. it. That's it where was Nick like... was on a date that uh, he wasn't able to uh, yeah, close the deal. Blew a date with Meg Weidler in tenth grade. <laughs> 
Anyway, okay. that's a different story for another time. The uh, uh, Lavalette is just north of Seaside Heights, and uh, which is where okay. um, Jersey Shore, Shore was. Yeah, but it's in the same. Uh, is, you know, it's right near Tom's River. So yeah, and Casey, this uh, Pesci's house is literally on the water. So there, what is there? No beach there, or there is, is, that, no is that beach? beach side it's or something literally like that. on the water. I think it's been eroded away. I think there probably was at one point beach. Maybe not when Pesci bought it, but uh, you know yeah. the, the, those. Um, it's yeah, funny. To, like there was a beach. It, it's <laughs> funny to see how wide the beaches are at the uh, southern end of New Jersey, like Wildwoods, for example, versus yeah. uh, further north. The, the beaches just aren't as wide. Mm. Uh, the most it's by far the most expensive listing in Lavalette. The next highest listing is a four thousand square foot home priced at nearly two million dollars. Uh, it's one of the eight most expensive listings in the entire county. Uh, so it's up for sale now if you're interested. And it comes along with uh, a Lethal Weapon 3 pinball machine. <laughs> wow. That, al- uh, that alone. The home theater is decorated with memorabilia from the films that he starred in. There is and, and there, that's staying? Atlantic Ocean views to a heated pool. And it features a spiral staircase, elevator, private uh, master bedroom balcony as well. Anything from Gone Fishing? <laughs> I don't know. It's funny to see, Casey, where uh, New York money goes versus where South Jersey money goes versus mm-hmm. where Philly money goes. And and the, the town that you were talking about was called Spring Lake. Yes. I've, I've never been to Spring Lake before. It's north of this. It's north of Point Pleasant. It's a great town. It's really pretty. It's right on the water. Um, but a lot of New York money comes down from there and yeah. New Jersey money. I would hate this person because it's, it's all white. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it can't help but end up looking filthy, especially when you're dealing with something right on the water. Six point five million, if you want it. All right, uh, here's something else that uh, more from the noticer. He's noticed things about beachfront property and toilets. What'll uh, be next? T- th- we're going to go to baseball for a moment, switching gears completely. But um, America's favorite pastime. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, voiceover guy. No problem. Peanuts, Cracker Jack. Yeah, Cracker Jack. So this is the Astros. It's about the yeah. Astros. The Athletic website reported yesterday. This is pretty wild, man. The Houston Astros. Used a center field camera to, to uh, steal signs at home games during their World Series winning 2017 season. Now, okay, I, I was thinking, well, how do they pull this off? So, great. They see the signs. The signs happen just right. before the pitch is thrown. How do you indicate to the batter what sign is being thrown? Well, here's here's the details on it. The the report quoted pitcher Mike, is it Fires, F-I-E-R-S? I don't know. Uh, who played for the Astros that season. And three other unnamed people with the team. The camera at Minimade Park was connected to a TV monitor that was in the tunnel between the Astros dugout and the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And according to this report, employees or players would bang a trash can to signal when an off-speed pitch was called. Wow. So does someone who is unaware it just simply sound like stadium noise? Just some noise. Yeah. And it would only happen on off-speed. It's going to be a fastball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Astros said that they have uh, begun an investigation in cooperation with Major League Baseball, uh, declining to say more. And MLB said in a statement after we review this new information, we will determine any necessary next steps. I don't know if there's any way to quantify this, but it seems to me that baseball is the sport where the most amount of cheating is involved. And there have just been so many different cheating scandals on so many different levels with so many different techniques over the years from spitballs to, you know, pine cork, tar. cork bats, pine tar, whatever. I guess it has the most opportunities for you to cheat. And Charlie Manuel was accused of stealing signs when he was the manager of the Phils in, in the in the best years. Or it? just, like, you look at the, on a larger, on a, on a macro scale, like the uh, the, the Black Sox and, and all yeah. of that. Yeah, that, gambling scandals. Yeah. But how is he stealing signs? 
uh, there was a spotter in center field. So somebody was looking at the catcher and trying to steal the signs that way. And I don't know if they had a walkie-talkie or what they were doing. But, like, there are ways to cheat in baseball all the time. And people find new ways all the time. Let me ask about, uh, I I don't know if this is frowned upon or not, but you got a guy on second base and he can steal signs. And um, is is that frowned upon in, in the world of baseball? I think that's just taking advantage of being smart while your runner's on second base. So the catcher will change up the signs if somebody's on second uh, to the pitcher. But Do they do that? Oh, yeah. All right. So, so okay. So, again, in in regular play, if you can observe... If you can observe right. what the pitcher's doing. But p- versus putting a camera in right. center field. You, you, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and banging a trash can so To me, it, that's the equivalent of of people who count cards. If, yeah. you, if you possess the ability or, within gameplay. Or spotting a tell. Or spotting, yeah. spotting a tell. Yeah. To me, that, that, that should be legal. When you're... When you're using extracurricular activities yeah. to get that information to the uh, to the batter, yeah. that's the issue. I just think it's wild that they had somebody in the the, the tunnel banging on trash can. The whole team had to be in on that, right? Of course, everybody. Which is a team wide cheat. Yes, and if I'm that's a, Do- a conspiracy. And if I'm a Dodgers fan, I'm pretty pissed. You know, because yeah. they're the ones who lost to the Astros that year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And did they um, cheat? Because Belichick has always been accused of it. That's the that's the signal. You, you sort of have oh. to assume that uh, well, you know, if he was doing it for other teams, and why why wouldn't he do it in the biggest game of the year? Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I never. You know what about Preston? Like with the with the level of and the discreet nature of in ear monitors. Uh, yeah, I, they, boy, they would have to be really, really, really tiny. But yeah, I guess that they're could ones be that tiny. almost go. Like well in the yeah ear canal yeah that could work or all those bug stories of bugs in people's ear canals train them to talk yeah actually <laughs> it's going to be a slider a roach <laughs> climb into yeah, the yeah. actual ear canal that's kind of interesting it's a screwball coming up I wonder if they had considered that well all right interesting uh do we need to break or can I do one more case uh, uh, she wants to know if we need to break that's the one thing you can notice because it's in the future uh we can do one more. A short one? A shorty. Right. Uh, but only if it's good. Yeah, see, I got, I've got... Go ahead, go for here. it. Um, one man's not good, it's another man's okay. Uh, hang on, let me... let me. Uh, announcer, can you continue my introduction? Preston is rifling... Oh, I, mean, I mean, the noticer is rifling through the many papers that he's accrued over a lifetime of noticing. He has to make a critical decision now to be short and entertaining. All right, I'll go with this. Uh, Instagram is getting rid of its like feature... Yeah. But it's just a trial run, and it's only going to affect some users in the United States. So I saw this big announcement. You know, they wheeled out this thing. And what is the end game on this? Is it to... Is What's it the to point? Ma- yeah. Mental health. Yeah. yeah. It, said, it said it could possibly make the user experience better with less pressure to rack up likes. Mm. What it'll do, um, the, the counter effect is that um, small businesses or really any business can use likes as a metric to determine whether or not people are interested in a product. Right. But the, the actual owner or the actual account the person whose name the account is in, or who used the account, will be able to see the likes without the likes being publicly displayed. Oh, they won't be. Oh, I don't know about that. I think it depends on the um, on the account and also by region. Like, they're not going to do it all over the United States either. Uh-huh. So. It's also, like, the stories. Because you can see how many people have viewed your story, but nobody else can. So would it be similar to that? Uh, no, I don't know, Kath. I think the, the way this is worded, it sounds like gone. 
and they're just testing it. Right. Uh, so, but but eventually, if they if the tests are positive, then they'd roll it out worldwide. Worldwide. So here, here I'll read you this. Are they going to get rid of? Yeah. Oh my God! Please do. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, so it's a trial run. IG Instagram CEO Adam Massieri. Uh, made the announcement that uh, explained that the platform will experiment with hiding likes for U.S.-based accounts starting this week. Mm. Um, they've already tested the same thing in Australia, Brazil, Canada, Ireland, Italy, Japan, and New Zealand. And they're finally going to do it in America. Uh, Mosseri says Instagram will slowly roll out the changes, removing publicly visible engagement metrics for a limited number of Instagram accounts. So maybe you're right, Steve. Maybe publicly. Maybe you can see it, but not everyone else will see it. Right. The person who posts a picture or video will still be able to see how many likes it gets. So there you go. There you go. So it would just be hidden publicly. There used to be a feature where you could see what other people were liking as well, and they've removed that over the last few weeks, maybe a month or so. I like that they removed that. I do, too, because yeah. it, it, it took up some of my time, which was pointless. I'm looking at what Preston just liked earlier in the day. Oh, I didn't which, even know that was available. Yeah, Because occasionally ISIS posts some delightful memes. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, and I don't want to say that I, I support ISIS, but the, the cat on the Roomba thing was hilarious. I agree, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> never not funny. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the people that you followed, Kathy, you could see what they had been liking. Oh, I didn't know that. But it's also interesting to, to me to see how people consume Instagram because I I posted something on stories uh, last week and then I posted something in my Instagram feed. And um, people noticed it on stories versus not noticing it on the feed. And, and just how people consume it is different from person to person. I don't do stories. I know you don't. I've never posted a story. I'm like, it's just another thing. I was at Longwood Gardens. I, I posted, you know, the, the famous bathrooms. We've talked <laughs> yeah. about the yeah. bathrooms. And so I posted a picture uh, in, in my stories of me looking at the bathrooms. But I didn't say what I was looking at. And then I posted in my, my Instagram account, hey, look at all the bathrooms. Just so great or whatever the hell I wrote. And And, and some people commented on my story saying... Oh, those are the bathrooms. I'm like, I know. I, I said that in my in my Instagram post, but it's just how people pick up and and where they watch and how they don't watch. Well, you know? and it also has to do with whatever algorithm they're using because totally. I never saw that. I never saw your post. So my post or my story? I never saw your post. I saw your story, but I never it like that never popped up in my feed. Now I also don't spend a lot of time scrolling through, so maybe that's it. You're a Pornhub girl, and, and yeah. I've <laughs> also found no. You know what else? I've also found that if I scroll past it and I don't like it, the next time I go on, like if I go on. Yep. A second time within the day it's still it's still there like even though i've scrolled past it it yeah. will come back up in my feed in that's fact, annoying in fact <clears throat> i didn't give, like it, it for a reason it wasn't good it, it'll, it'll, <laughs> it'll give you a notification that it still has some time to be viewed later lower in your in your uh, wait feed. a minute yeah so are you you thinking that only when you like something that it sticks around in your feed no it goes no if you like it it goes away in your feed oh yeah and if you oh, don't, really? It's so, like, like if you posted you sure? something and I, I just checked up one time, I don't go back through it. So. I've done. Yeah, but you. But that's what I'm saying. It would just be a second time of me opening up Instagram, mm-hmm. and and it's and I'm scrolling through my feed, and it automatically pops up in my feed, even though I've already I've I've seen it already. I viewed it. I just didn't hit the like button. There's, there's also a big difference between you two because Kathy follows a lot more people than Preston does, and so Preston's feed will yeah. um, reach the end of your feed. So yeah, it'll speak. tell oh, you really? much more quickly. Yeah, yeah, it comes. Yeah. It, it says you're caught up. Yeah. And Kat, oh, you'll never oh, get there, Kathy, never because you follow 1,082 people. Oh, oh no my way, God. Really? How many do I follow, Nick? Uh, uh, I don't know. Probably a couple hundred, right? On Instagram? At that. Yeah. I, I just, 163 you have. 163, yeah. I, I follow oh. about 250, and uh, I like limiting it because because if I followed 1,000 like you do, Kath, which is yeah. obviously fine. You'll never get to see them. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I follow... Um, I follow 239 people. Okay. Yeah, that's about and, what I do, Steve. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. 
Yeah, I see that you're caught up thing all the time. Oh, mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Yeah. Which is, in fact, I go until it gets there. Kind of gratifying, right? Caught up. Yeah, yeah. I've seen everything. That's good. I finished the internet, but but I don't. I also not only do I not post stories, I don't even don't look at them. I never. You're not a stories guy. It doesn't interest me at all. You're more like full novels. There you go. Yep, I'll read your novel. Send it to me. Please, God, don't. <laughs> I wish I they would. Um, from time to time. <laughs> I wish they had an algorithm to either block or just not allow people to post negative comments. Because it's like, <laughs> honestly, what is even the point of mute, that? Mute yeah. them. Yeah. No, I can mean, you just, mute on Instagram? I uh, think you can. You can't mute all the people, though. Right. And, and so you can, so mute you can, now you can tell feature. me to not read comments. As they hit yeah. send, have a message comes back says, this is negative. You cannot post yeah. it. Yeah. No yeah. negative comments. Or Thank you. That, that, that's <laughs> the Thank platform. Yeah, if you're going to be on the platform, you're going to have to put up with that. Or, yeah. or just not do it. Like, I have not been on Facebook in years. Me too. Because it became far too vitriolic by my reckoning. Yeah, but I don't get any negative comments on my Facebook page. Because those are my actual friends. There you go. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. You know? And the other one is the general public general public yeah and I, and generally like i i would say most of the time people are, are are fine on my instagram page i'm just saying in general uh you know maybe I, I just think don't allow it twitter lends yeah. itself i think to the most vitriol yeah but it also has that 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 gentle mute yeah even the people that you like who just don't know when to get off like the mute. political stuff <laughs> yeah. so it's you just gently mute them it also has women farting blue dust. You're right. So God bless. Twitter. We do yeah. need pros and cons. <laughs> pros and cons. <laughs> uh, All right. Anyhow, these are the things that I noticed this morning. Sharing with you. These are the things in the notices neighborhood. Yeah, that's right. Do I need a jingle? I think so. The notices. These thing. are the things in the notices neighborhood. <laughs> All right, we should take a break. You know why? Because we have Mr. Dan Aykroyd joining us on the show in a moment. And I would like to give something to you right now, a $25 gift card from our friends at Green Craft Bar and Kitchen in Newark, Delaware. I'll take caller number 20 at 215-263-WMMR. Remember, that's in Newark where the Thursday night huddle is taking place with Bud Light. But they have locations in Kenneth Square, Bear, Delaware, new location at the Lewis Ferry Terminal in April 2020. Great food. Uh, Grain is known for their award-winning restaurants with a laid-back atmosphere and well-crafted food and drinks. Check out their website, meetatgrain.com, for upcoming live music events across all three locations. We'll be back in a moment. What's new? Glad you asked. The Black Keys. Greta Van Fleet. Five Finger Death Punch. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Excited to have our next guest on uh, because of everything he's done uh, throughout the years. And pop culture-wise, he's at the top. And shot probably my favorite set movie in Philadelphia. Uh, as well with Trading Places. It's just the best. Fantastic. Uh, and he's actually going to be in the general area. He's going to be in Lancaster uh, for a, um, a signing event that's taking place with uh, Crystal Head Vodka Bone Bottle. They're doing the, the signing of the bottle. So Let's get him on the line. Play, please welcome the one and only Mr. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. This morning. Good morning. Hi, hey, how are you? We are doing, Dan. We're doing great, Dan. How you doing, sir? Oh, very good. Excellent. Excellent. Nice to be in your part of the world on such a beautiful day. It's it's gorgeous, and uh, we uh, we're obviously we, you know we're we're massive fans of yours and have enjoyed everything you've done throughout the years. And and honestly, doing the research for you to talk to you today, uh, investigating the Crystal Head Vodka 
uh, story and the the process. And I was reading about the process. I was telling Preston about this that goes into making this. And I, I love when, when there is a meticulous nature to the production of something. And obviously, you clearly love the product. And I was reading, and maybe you can explain this to me. So it says... It's quadruple distilled, seven times filtered, and filtered through Herkimer Diamond Crystals. Uh, yes, indeed. Well, that uh, is a relatively, um, actually, a common uh, production feature of some uh, spirits. The crystals seem to uh, uh, add a, uh, a, a, I guess, a, a level of purification uh, that uh, that distillers and manufacturers like, although... Uh, with our vodka, it's so pure by the time it hits that crystal cone, there's very little uh, impurities to be taken out of it. Um, uh, um, but the crystals do turn yellow after a certain use, so something, there's some kind of a reaction going on there, which I, I would hope your, your, your chemistry teacher in high school could explain. Uh, but um, we, the, meticulous is a very good word. No one goes to the trouble that I do to make of this good, clean vodka. We harvest the corn in uh, western Ontario. That's fat. Uh, Chatham, Ontario, beautiful corn. You see the peaches and cream corn in the supermarket in the summer. That's not cattle corn. And this is corn from the original strain grown in the 1800s. We take that in the tanker, or the mash. We make the mash. We we truck it a third of the way across Canada. <laughs> and we take it to a, a ferry that goes to Newfoundland, Canada, seven hours on the boat. We take it to the distillery. It goes in there. It gets the, uh, the 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 filtration, which gives us the note: sweet, vanilla, dry, crisp, with a kick of heat off the finish. Then we do our 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 beautiful um, um, pour over the diamonds, and then through our filtration, we do our, do our distillation first. Wow. Four times distillation, four times microfilter, and then the rabbi blesses it, <laughs> and, uh, and then I put it back in the truck and goes back into the market. So. The reason that I'm in Newfoundland is because vodka is an old Russian word for water, and the water in Newfoundland is so beautiful and pure. It's the original uh, glacial aquifer water. Yeah. Remember, there was a big sheet of ice above us 16,000 years ago, uh, 800 feet above us, and that melted into the province of Newfoundland, which looks like kind of looks like the surface of the moon from space. There's craters and holes and ponds, and that water is what we use to, to base the vodka on. So we're 11 years in production. We've won gold medals all over the world, and... You know, I'm very proud of, of some of the, the uh, awards that I've been recognized for my work. And, of course, I didn't do my work alone. I had great collaborators, but I've uh, received the Order of Canada. It's a vice-regal decoration wow. uh, for uh, for uh, being wanting uh, Canada to be a better country. I have received, of course, an Emmy nominee. Uh, an Emmy. I won an Emmy with the writing team of Saturday Night Live. I won a, 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 well, had a Grammy nomination uh, with the Blues Brothers for Best New Artist, 79. I've uh, been nominated for an Oscar for Driving Miss Daisy. Mm-hmm. I, I have won an award from the California Undertakers Association. <laughs> Do tell. Uh, for a portrayal of a funeral director in a sympathetic light in the movie My Girl. But the, wow. I'm most proud of now, the Russians entered us into a contest, the Prodexpo in Moscow. We didn't even enter it, and we won best excellent taste out of 400. Wow. 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 That's nice. huge. Yeah, yeah. Like, if the Russians don't know their vodka... <laughs> <laughs> and the Swedish don't know their idea. <laughs> That's sensational. And yeah. and Dan, this particular, but you're doing the signing. This I was wondering, how's that going to look? Signing on a, a crystal bottle, but this is a limited edition bottle. It's actually it's it's uh, opaque. It's it's white, and it looks oh, like bone. The bone, yes. Well, yeah. we have we've got the we, original 750 ml bottle, the clear with the corn 
uh, vodka in it. Then we have our Aurora, which is kind of a mirror finish. It's got a wheat vodka in it. And then our Bone, which has the, uh, the corn in it as well. All of the skulls were designed by my good friend, John Alexander. Uh, we met when uh, a girlfriend of mine dumped me for him. <laughs> and uh, now we're still friends. But, uh, yes, we'll be, uh, we'll be at the Black Horse uh, Pike uh, Blyright store today at uh, around 4 o'clock and, uh, to meet and greet uh, people purchasing the product. And basically, we give, we give them a bottle, I take a picture, say hello, find out what they're wearing, what they're listening to, what they like to drink, eat, what they're going to do for the holidays. I love being on the front line. It gives me a survey right away of what the consumer's wanting. So we're going to be there, and then we'll be in Lancaster uh, um, the day after tomorrow there uh, for uh, – for another uh, signing, there. I, I love this, and I, I, again, I, 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 there's a lifestyle and, and, and a culture that surrounds the, you know, the, the these uh, these spirits and 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 things of this nature that that is just uh, again, people, you can hear in your voice the joy behind uh, the creation of the product. I wanted to ask you uh, now, at the time you started doing this, is it true that uh, the uh, the Indiana Jones film, uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, was in production, and you thought there might have been an issue with the name and so on and so forth. Oh uh, well, what happened was um, I was we were working on the product. We were well into production with our product, getting it to the point of market. And then I found out that Stephen was doing this movie about the Crystal Skulls, you know. And it was sort of parallel thinking. I I, I wasn't aware that he was doing a film about the Crystal Skulls. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Stephen is kind of the Pope in, uh, in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. So I went down there with a with a, with a head, and uh, and I showed him the product, and I showed him the head, and I said, you know, I I really wasn't trying to ride off the coattails of the movie. This has been in production for two, you know, into development for two years. You know, you don't bring a product to market without that kind of development for for a, for a year and a half, two years. So he understood, and he said, I'm going to make it okay with with George Lucas, and it's okay with me, and and good luck with it now. Uh, the movie, of course, has, has come and gone. It will always live. It's a great picture, but you know we're still on the shelves. Crystal Head is uh, be- becoming more popular. We have a, a whole survey out there of our consumers. Uh, we have a great female demographic because I think generally, and now you know maybe I shouldn't make a general statement here, but I think women in general are maybe a little more health conscious than uh, <laughs> some of us guys. Right. And they love the story of the uh, of the good, clean, no additive. Uh, a uh, story about our vodka. We we do that beautiful water from Newfoundland. We distill it four times. Again, the notes: sweet vanilla, dry, crisp. Kick the heat off the finish. Then we do the filtration. But we don't add any flavor packages. Many lesser products, if you open them up, they smell like perfume or they smell like nothing. That's because they're adding glyceride, uh, they're adding lemonine, uh, and they're adding sugar. And they can be very offensive smelling. Some of them. Hmm. That's you know, kind of why I got into it. I, I I said I must be a way to clean this up. So. We don't add flavor packages at all. We have a zero additive vodka on a spectrograph. It would run completely flat, wow. completely pure. And bartenders love it because it's the it's the, the blank canvas in which they can pour their uh, their mixes and concoctions. Well, let, let me ask you. So obviously we know I, I, my wife is a massive fan of the Ancient Alien series and all the stuff on the weekend. And, and we, we spend a lot of time watching this stuff. And I'm familiar with the elongated skulls. Uh, that that have been found that ha- that have a tie into ancient aliens, and I know you're you're into this as well. Was that ever a potential design for the uh, for the bottle? Well, in the Indiana Jones movie, in fact, they are all elongated skulls, and right. they look like coneheads. Right, you know? right. And it's true. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he made the movie, he was of course conscious of that, uh, and you know uh, the cone is uh, and is a nice alien skull. 
I've thought about doing it. I don't know whether I do a vodka or some kind of something exotic like a banana liqueur or a, you know, <laughs> it's long. But anyway, I love that it's a cone. Uh, I have definitely thought of that. It's just what to put in it, um, you know. Well, perfect. Yeah, it's for, you don't want to do an economy size bottle, but I mean, you can still. It's a, it, it's still an interesting idea. I wanted to ask you in, in your career and in general. Over over all of the stuff that you've done, going back to SNL, when you you're you write, you almost torture yourself. And I was reviewing some of the, the footage and, and video of you throughout the years. You give yourself the this pyrotechnic dialogue that you have an ability to <laughs> rapid fire out, as you did with Dragnet, as you did with you know any of the pitchmen that you've done, any of the stuff with. Speaking of the cone heads, which brought this to mind, yeah. Uh, that that's what i'm talking about uh have you always had the ability to rifle that off i know you've sort of self-diagnosed yourself and said you you believe you have a little bit of tourette's or or uh you know asperger's or, or something of that nature and if, if that perhaps in, it, it enables you to be this rapid fire do you believe that has part of uh, well, I am self-diagnosed there, but I've read up a lot about it. Um, Tourette's was, was named for the original researcher, Mr. John Tourette's. And, yeah, I, I think I've got a little touch of it. You know, I kind of make strange noises to myself, and I'm always talking in different voices and, and singing, and my children go, what's that little lyric you're singing? Well, it make no sense to you. It's only in my head. You know? <laughs> um, but uh, I, don't, I'm not, uh, I, don't, I don't have a, a problem. But I, I, I will admit that I think I look, I, I look to see sometimes uh, the rapid-fire speech might uh, come from that. But I think it's more that I came from a half-French-Canadian family. Ah. Uh-huh. It's like this French, you know, and you sat at the table and you had to get a word edgewise. You know, it's that quick speech, and I think that that's a large part of it. Okay. So Preston mentioned in uh, Trading Places, which came out in 1983, but that same year, uh, my mom's favorite comedy of all time, Dr. Detroit, also came out. And and my introduction to comedy was through my parents, Dan. And I think that Dr. Detroit is an underrated movie, mostly because my mom, Betsy McElwain, loves that so much. Do you do you like that movie? I love that movie because, first of all, well, it was the most important movie of my my life. I yes. met my wife on that movie. And um, and then I I just loved working with James Brown and then and sort of you know that sort of being that whole community there, which was very at the time that was a very strong uh, uh, kind of current in African American culture was the idea of the, the straight jacked out you know pimp mobile and uh, and the whole you know there were societies around different cities uh, and different fashions located around it and so it was neat to kind of you know play with the players as it was. And to have James Brown in the movie, and uh, it was originally written by a guy named Bruce J. Friedman, a, a, a Jewish writer out of New York. It was called Detroit Abe originally, and we kind of uh, adapted it and, and made it into the film it was. But um, it was a good, serviceable comedy. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun it, working it, it. And yeah, it holds up, I think, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great popcorn movie. You're talking about your, and your, your love of, of, uh, of, of the great artists like, you know, James Brown. And, and uh, I read this story. I don't know if it's apocryphal, but... Uh, you are you are a drummer. Uh, you 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 you're you're a, a solid drummer. Apparently, I don't know if this is true or not. I always I see you I playing. Can, the... Yeah, I can handle the kit. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I know how to do it. I I'm not a pro like my friend Johnny Fay in the 
tragically hip or right. barely walked. But, uh, but, but, but so, I, I, could, I, could, I could croak through a set, I think. Did you sit behind Muddy Waters on a, uh, on a performance one time? I did indeed. Uh, it was in Ottawa, Canada, at, at like the club Le Hibou, which in French means the owl. Wow. And we were there uh, at night uh, watching uh, Muddy's show, and they took a break. And um, S.P. Leary, his drummer, did not make it back to the drum kit. Muddy was ready to start. He was upset. He said, anybody in the house know how to play drums? I stepped <laughs> right up there, and I sat down. And I think I started Hoochie Coochie Man and got in. You know, maybe a verse or two, and then S.P. Leary came out and like, get, get, get away, go, get away. Go. <laughs> wow. That is, that's unbelievable, well, uh, though. That's Steve- a real story. Uh, yeah, that club, that guy, was a, he's a promoter named Harvey Glatt, and uh, he's still with us. And he brought us uh, all of the blues uh, stars into Ottawa. I mean, I saw everybody, Muscle White, Butterfield, uh, James Cotton, uh, Muddy Waters, Helen Wolf. I saw him a dozen wow. times. It would be natural for me to go to Chicago in 74, live there, be steeped in the blues, take my uh, knowledge and my understanding of it from my concerts that I saw in Ottawa and living in Chicago in 74 and writing the Blues Brothers. It was it was kind of a logical progression there because I'd already just loved the music. And then to see where all of that chess uh, uh, music originated in Chicago firsthand and being inspired by the political situation where the ta- the church was going to be taxed by the Department of Education, I kind of knitted my love of blues, my love of the culture, my love of Chicago, that political situation together to make the the uh, the, the Blues Brothers first script. So yeah, I yeah. never never got to see the the Blues Brothers, but Steve and I did see you perform one time in uh, Pearl Harbor in the belly of the John C. Stennis oh. aircraft carrier for. The Pearl yeah. Harbor premiere, you did Mustang Sally with the U.S. Army uh, Swing Band. It was the United States Air Force. It was the Air Force. The okay. Yeah, United States Air Force Band of the Pacific. And I was just, what a burning set that was. Wasn't that fun? That it, was, it was sensational. And I, and I tell you what, Dan, I know you've been to a lot of parties in your time, but oh. Steve and I have never seen anything <laughs> like that put on in our lives. Watching, watching the screening of Pearl Harbor on the deck of the Stennis, and watching those planes scream over on the screen right over the topography that they actually had come in yeah. on, those zeros. I come off stage there after that set, and I was, like, flying high, and I look, and there's this beautiful, tall woman at the side of the stage. I've been watching the show, and uh, and she said, wow, that was really that was really good. And, and, I, and then I realized it was Faith Hill. We were yes. standing right next to her. We yeah. had the same reaction. Both yep. Preston and I were questioning what species... <laughs> that was because we we bore no genetic resemblance to that, and and it was. But I and we've heard we'd heard at that time of the legendary you know press junkets and so on and so forth. And I it was mind boggling how immense this thing was. Yeah, it was great, really, and a good picture too. Yeah, really good picture. Yeah, yeah and I I saw you do something really nice because you were you were kind of uh, there was a uh, a shipmate who uh, I saw you walk by, wanted to get an autograph real quick, and you were like, "Yes, but follow me right now," because <laughs> people were starting to form around, and you would have been there all day long. Uh, but you did make sure you gave time, uh, and I thought wow. that was pretty cool. Anything for the men and women of law enforcement, the armed forces. Yeah. Uh, Fire departments, responders, paramedics, first responders, nurses, teachers, you know, these are the real heroes in life. And uh, the ones I celebrate, I tell my kids, you know, I say, hey, you know, that uh, that cop, that fireman there, that's he, he's doing work, you know, all just as important, if not more so. 
than a comedian. Yeah, well, and, and, but I don't discount the work of a comedian. It's important to make people laugh. But the real heroes in life are those ones who are putting their lives on the line and working those long hours for low pay. So that we have a better life and a safe society. Couldn't agree more. And and to the comedic point, I have to ask you because it's been in the news lately about the uh, the um, Ghostbusters reboot and uh, uh, Jason Reitman's um, uh, directing. And uh, so the, 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 all the cast members from the original movie have been mentioned. Would, are, have you started work on it? Uh, what 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 exactly can we expect from your participation in the movie? Because it seems like it has a Paul Rudd is in it. It seems like it's a very organic continuation of the story. You hit the word right on. It transfers the DNA from the first two movies beautifully to the next generation. And it is uh, shot. Uh, I've done my part. Billy, Sigourney, Annie Potts have all done our parts. Wow. Uh, Ernie. And uh, we have significant uh, scenes in there, a couple of scenes. And, serving uh, the idea of the fact that a new generation has to take over. And you know what? They have to be a little younger yeah. because those packs are very unwieldy and very heavy. <laughs> and high and yeah. my, my, my shoulder is so frozen, I can't even reach up and grab the uh, the thrower, you know, the wand yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had to have a hand model come in. and uh, yeah, well, no, we're, we're we're definitely looking forward to that. There's, I mean, Nick brought. I mean, we we could obviously have you on for a long time and talk about all the movies. There was a movie in particular that I had to ask you about, which I love, uh, and it was sort of a role reversal for you and, and John Belushi. The movie Neighbors. Oh my gosh! And and uh, and that is uh, to me that is such a such a uh, such a, a wonderful movie and such a bizarro take on 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 suburban living. Was that decision to sort of make you what would we would expect the Belushi character to be, to do that reversal, was that last minute or was that always in the DNA of the script? Well, this, the story was uh, was a Thomas Berger novel about these weird neighbors. And John Avildsen, of course, who directed Rocky, uh, was uh, hired on as a director. And Belushi and I, from the very beginning, we looked at the script and, and thought, you know, wouldn't it be neat if we switched parts? You know, it was kind of our idea to do it. Ah. And, and, you know, the, uh, the manager, the agent, did not want to, uh, didn't want to switch parts. He wanted Belushi to kind of continue the antics of uh, Animal House. And I frankly don't know whether it would have been more successful had, it, had, had we just uh, maintained our, uh, if I'd just been the straight-laced guy, if John had been the, you know, the wild aggressor, I don't think that the writing beats would have changed, but you certainly, certainly wouldn't have got the great buttoned-up performance that, that John gave and uh, the wild manic thing that, uh, that my character had. Uh, I don't know, maybe might have been the wrong decision, but... No, it, it works, and I think we got to see us. I mean, th- there are parts in his restrained performance that had me howling, and oh, your yeah. your over the top um, <laughs> uh, performance was was excellent. And I, 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 for me, and for I'm sure the the fans of the movie, it was the exact way to go. Well, maybe in the future with CGI, we can you uh, <laughs> and me and bring John back from the dead and John. switch the parts. We deep fake it. Yeah. yeah, Dan, I'm wondering if you had a chance to see Amazing Grace, the documentary about uh, Aretha Franklin uh, when she was uh, performing in the church choir in '72. Um, I have not yet. No, uh, I'm behind on a lot of my viewing. I, I've been in let's see, ten states driving in the last year and a half. Last, I'm sorry, last month and a half, I've been in 10 states uh, for the uh, driving for the vodka, like going out and, and getting the word out about it. So I think we haven't had time to watch anything. I think you'll really love it. And, you know, you, you had the lucky privilege to work with Aretha, obviously, on, on, on Blues Brothers, but just the effortless nature in which her voice comes 
out of that mouth. It never ceases to amaze me. She does it in Blues Brothers, but if you, if you get a chance, she's performing with this choir. She's actually really shy in her performance, and, and I'm wondering what your experience with Aretha was. Uh, was oh, like she was very, very shy and very unsure of herself, even with such, you know, incredible <laughs> talent. She was very unsure of herself, and and uh, you know, and but that scene where she plays the waitress, she wanted, uh, you know, she worked with the costume designer to kind of make it a little, that you know, not so frumpy, and so we tightened up the costume and kind of hiked up her upper carriage there a little bit, so she uh, had a kind of a sexy aspect to her, which she wanted. That's it, it's wild. One one of the classic scenes in that movie. I, I remember the, uh, you know, we always talk about it. By the way, too, uh, the the thrill of driving through a mall. Uh, is oh is something that's been replicated. I, I, if you're a fan of the series Top Gear, uh, they they actually they actually did that as well. Did you did you in fact get to do any of that driving? I did about three quarters of the driving in Blues Brothers. Uh, wow. I didn't jump the swing bridge, but uh, <laughs> I didn't go through the tractor tra- uh, trail. Uh, no, I, I drove uh, Bluesmobile. They really taught me how to drive. I had the best drivers uh, in the business. I had Tommy uh, Huff and uh, Eddie Dono and Gary McClarty, three of the best uh, stunt drivers and best uh, stuntmen in the business. Uh, Eddie Dono does that stunt where the nun throws John down the stairs with yeah. the, the pointer. I mean, yeah. he's at that desk. I mean, what a stunt that is. You're oh, yeah. Down, yep. Stay in the desk and roll down the desk. Agreed. But Aretha, again, back to her dancing, you know, she just like, if you look at her moving in that move, uh, think in the first movie, the way she throws away her steps, and it's like so effortless. And then the, then the three ladies, uh, her buddies, uh, start to, uh, her backup singers start to groove with it and, uh, it was just it was just beautiful. Carlton Johnson was our choreographer, and he was uh, one of the guys that uh, did the Temptations moves over the years. Dan, I know we we lost uh, Matt Murphy a while back, uh, yeah. and and I was wondering if some of the surviving members of the band, you know, uh, and uh, to be honest, I don't know who all still around. You know, Lou Marini and and uh, Willie Hall and. And uh, and Steve and Steve Cropper and Duck Dunn and yeah. all these guys. Uh, the, do, do the surviving members get together from time to time, or does anything like well, that we happen? Lost, we lost Duck a couple of years ago okay. after a concert. Uh, we've got, uh, you know he he died uh, you know kind of leaning up uh, with his hand uh, on uh, leaning against his head, and then he had the remote in one hand, and he just looked like he was asleep when they found him. Wow, wow. seventy years old. Um, so, uh, Cropper is around, Willie Hall's around and, um, uh, Marini and Malone and Paul Schaefer, of course. Yes. Uh, yeah. So those guys are, are there and we, we see each other occasionally. I saw, recently saw Steve just not for music, but when I was in Nashville uh, down there visiting, uh, I, I saw, saw him there. I was, uh, when that album I was obsessed with as a kid and, oh, thank God. I have this moment to ask you about this. Rubber Biscuit. What the F was that, dude? <laughs> I love that song, but to this day, I it's just, it's gibberish. It's And I don't know how you sang that song. You want so nothing. Actually, that was, a, that was a jail chant. What? That was, that was written by one of the chips at the Brooklyn uh, <sighs> Juvenile Hall of Detention. And they used to do this thing where the guards would be there, and they'd walk by the guards to the chow line or to the chapel or laundry, and when they go by the guards, they would go, So it was totally mocking the 
mocking the guards. Oh. And then they just sped it up. And it was in the movie Mean Streets. It's played on the jukebox. And then oh. we recorded it. Yeah, so the original song is by the Chips. You play music on the show from we, time to time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, a, we have a guy that does a You Call It Friday Nights. His name's Jackie Bam Bam. And uh, two or three weeks ago, he did Rubber Biscuit on You Call It Friday Nights. I've been singing it in my head ever since. <laughs> it, it's such a great song. And it's just, it's, it's you guys having fun up on stage, too. It's pretty neat. Um, it, you know, if for your listeners, uh, I always like to play Going Back to Miami. And I, I also I support young artists, and I found this young uh, artist. Uh, she's kind of a protest singer. Her name is Vera Sola, V-E-R-A-S-O-L-A. You can get on Spotify and Apple. But, boy, is she speaking out for for women today and, what, and, and you know, kind of against the male white old patriarchy and she has a beautiful song about the uh the extinction of the black rhino it's one of the most beautiful ballads i've ever heard and then she does some other crunchy material maybe get on there and pick a song of hers and play it and support her message because uh boy is she a voice for today and one you know where a lot of what's on the radio is not doesn't have such substance but uh this is this is a voice of uh, of someone who's got something to say. Okay, very cool. Verasola, V-E-R-A-S-O-L-A, and the song is called Black Rhino Enterprise. It's one of the most beautiful ballads I've ever heard. And you know, we're losing species all over the planet every day. We've got fifty percent of the sharks are gone since I was born in uh, in the fifties. We have uh, fish species dying. We have the Arctic melting to the point now where the tundra will start to give off gases, making the CO two and methane emissions even uh, the methane emissions even more uh, radical. So consciousness is important. And this uh, girl Greta Thunberg, who sailed across the ocean to raise consciousness, it, it's just so commendable. But the fact is that if we all stopped flying on jets mm-hmm. tomorrow and if we all stopped eating meat, it's still not enough. We've got to get corporations and government on side to start to put money and legislation behind it. Other, otherwise, we're going to be living in a world where Florida will be a desert and I'll be growing cherry trees at my work <laughs> up in Canada. Well, <laughs> that will change the complexion of the vodka, clearly. <laughs> uh, well, the corn will always always be uh, – well, it might hey. That could dry out the prairies if it gets uh, if it gets too hot. Yeah. Well, listen, Dan, we're gonna we're gonna point people in the direction of the uh, appearances in our area. So today, four thirty to six thirty at the Super Buy Right in Williamstown. Uh, it's on Black Horse Pike, and then on uh, the fifteenth on Friday. Uh, yeah, we're be- at Lancaster at the. Uh- at Centerville Road, the Centerville store, 558 Centerville Road, Lancaster. And we, yeah, I'm, I'm getting it around. I've been around there on 3. I'll be around there at 333 30 right. p.m. Perfect. People yeah. can come in and get a picture and, a, and an autograph. Yep, as long as you get in line before the uh, the signing's over, we'll take care of everybody. Awesome. Dan, it is so great to talk to you. Keep up the great work, and we hope to see you here in Philly sometime. Uh, thanks for the generosity today. Hey, everybody, have a safe winter, and... Uh, I'll try to hold off that black ice from Canada. <laughs> All right, we appreciate it. Thanks so much, Dan. One more thing. What, yes. are, these self, what are these self-driving cars going to do? <laughs> you're, 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 in, you're on black ice in the parish snow belt at Syracuse, New York. I can just hear it. I give up. I give up. <laughs> I love it. All right. Dan Aykroyd, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, man. Awesome. This is Rubber Biscuit. Yeah, I love it. It, it, is, it, is the, it is the weirdest little song. Oh, oh, oh. That's Dan.
there's just this gibberishy thing that goes on and on and on. He eventually has these little talks that like ball, ball, ball. Well, that was awesome, man. That was great, that was great talking to him. And uh, I got to point this out because it was such a sweet and, and kind plug that he gave for Verisola. Yeah. It's his daughter. Oh, she was born Danielle Aykroyd to actor Dan Aykroyd and actress Donna Dixon. That's so... Funny. That's a good dad. What yeah. a what a good plug. Wow. Okay. Well, he's everything you want. Yeah. yeah. I so I didn't bring it up, but we'd actually spoken to him a while ago on the I figure what else he was promoting, but it was a, a really quick thing. He was on a yes. tour for something. Yep. So we didn't have the time we had today. But years and years ago, when Saturday Night Live first started, I got I I lied my way up to a, a I was in high school. I said I was in college, and I was writing for the college newspaper and got up to the SNL offices with – I was in the office with Belushi and Aykroyd. Wow. And Aykroyd at that time was working on the Bassomatic sketch. Wow. In that office. It was a un- one of the all-time classics from the original yeah. Not Ready for Primetime players. And Belushi was just about to play Shatner in that classic skit. Wow. So it was just amazing. What – where, did you talk to both of them? I talked. Uh, Aykroyd could not have been nicer, and okay. Belushi could not have been nicer. So I'm doing, I'm supposed to be the tech guy. I'm so <laughs> nervous. I can't, I have an Instamatic camera that I can't operate, and Belushi reaches across the table and then, like, turns it around. Like, I had it pointed the wrong way, oh and he goes, here you God. go. Oh, that's uh, so funny. But he could not have been cooler. Wow, awesome. Well, great to have him on this morning. We got to take a break. We're going to come back in just a moment. Got some bizarre file stories on the way, so make sure you don't stray too far. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Show podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. I'm going to take just a moment to plug my band's gig because it's a fundraiser for the Camp Out for Hunger. Uh, Saint, we will be playing at uh, Chaps in West Norton, and that is uh, Friday night. Uh, 8.30 to, I don't know, 12, 12.30, something like 8:30? that. 8.30? Good, because yep. I wanted to come on the earlier side. I figured you might want to yep. be there on the earlier side. Steve Morrison will be there. I will be there. Which is cool, and uh, we'd love for everybody to come out. And we'll Can I be your roadie? You can, yeah, you can run dear up God, and put yes, tape down. please. Uh, but we will, uh, we'll be, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, donate our pay that night um, of the gig for this uh, for the camp out for hunger. And Chaps is gonna donate some money. Is and... there is there food collecting on site or no? No, we're not okay. doing food. We're all gonna right. do money, just money. Okay, yeah, because we, uh, we we don't have a vehicle to drag all yeah. the food around in. So uh, so we're gonna collect money and we're gonna we're gonna donate it during the camp out for hunger. And uh, so we will ask you to come by and donate. I, I don't I don't think it's part of the cover charge. I'm not what, sure what's going on, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get a bucket and pass some money. You know, bucket around see if we can raise some money for. Uh, the camp out for hunger. So, uh, but it should be a good time. So, your set starts at eight thirty. Set starts at eight thirty. Who's opening for roughly you? around there? Uh, it's going to be Rat Van. Yeah, Rat Van <laughs> is opening up. Uh, we've been excited to play with those guys. Oh, those guys are great. Uh, so, come and see them, please, if you would. <laughs> um, and then I would just want to reiterate something that that we're just kind of testing the waters for the camp out for hunger. I mentioned earlier this morning. I saw a great uh, video of a girl doing a gender reveal by farting blue dust out of her butt. Yeah. Uh, that was m- one of the more creative ones I've seen. But we've seen all these gender reveals. So we busted on these gender reveal parties for a while. So why not let us be the ones? Let's see if we could pull off. Um, it'd be really cool if we could pull off like a world record of the largest gender reveal party ever. It's not necessarily the goal, but we would like to see if there are enough people that are interested 
who happen to be expecting, who haven't revealed the baby's gender, that would like to do it live on our show in some fashion. And we can we're, accommodate. We're, we're kicking around ideas of how we yeah, want to do it. Whatever ideas you have. But first, we'd like to see if there's interest there yes. in the first place. We've got to have so, the people who are uh, having babies. So Marissa has gotten a couple of responses, and I'd like to see uh, if uh, maybe there were some people that weren't listening earlier that might be expecting, might be interested in this, or know someone who is, and maybe can share this audio with them. Uh, but it would be... Uh, sometime during the week of the of December 2nd through the 6th in the morning at the Camp Out for Hunger. We'll work on the details. But first, we just want to gauge interest. So if it's something you might be interested in, email marissa at wmmr.com. Or actually, any of us, we could, we could take your emails. Maybe we can get Gritty to be your doula. You could. Yeah, yeah. You never know. That'd be so cool. I'd like to get Gritty, Gritty involved somehow or another. Uh, but, um, yeah, let us know. Maybe it could be fun. And we'll reveal to everybody... Everybody will get to find out. Wow. That listen to the show. So why not? Um, and also, why not? I want to give away a pair of tickets to tonight's Flyers oh! Panthers game. They're playing. Woo! Woo! They're playing the Caps tonight. Is it 7.30? 7.30 start time, nationally televised game. Flyers Ooh. won four in a row. Caps yeah. are the best team in the NHL. There's a lot to woo about, though. They've been there doing is. very well, <laughs> especially is. in those shootouts. A lot of wooing. Yes. Woo! Yeah! Uh, so let's take caller number 22 at 215-263-WMMR, and you'll get to go to the Flyers game tonight. Woo! Uh, <laughs> and the first 10,000 fans get a Sean Couturier winter scarf. That's pretty cool. Uh, you got to so, be one of the first 10,000. <laughs> yeah, get uh, get tickets at uh, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, and we're giving those away for free. All right, we're going to do the Bizarre File. Here we go. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. Uh, brought to you... What? I, what are you doing? I just pointed to the. Uh, I started to read it. I know. Okay. Uh, did, did, did you what see the, the gesture he was doing? I, I go brought to you by it in case he starts going waving <laughs> his finger <laughs> around Écoutez. like that. Écoutez. Okay. Brought From to you by. Dumb and dumber. Brought to you by Red Robin. Red Robin believes every meal should be meaningful, every moment joyful, and every bite blissful. Yum. Find your closest location at redrobinpa.com, and then it says Red Robin. Yum. Uh, the city of Denver will pay a United Airlines pilot $300,000 to settle a wrongful arrest lawsuit that stemmed from an incident at the Weston at Denver International Airport in September 2018. This I is and- the Bill Weston Hotel? It is, yes. <laughs> Andrew Collins. Enjoy your room. <laughs> Andrew Collins was arrested for standing naked in front of his 10th floor hotel window uh, looking overlooking the airport terminal. He pleaded not. He pleaded not guilty to the uh, misdemeanor charge, according to a police report. Uh, airport employees saw Collins touching himself while he was in his hotel room. His attorney, Craig Silverman, argued that it is not a crime to be naked in Denver in a hotel room, and that Collins had no idea people could see him when he partially opened the curtains. In March, a judge dismissed the charges against Collins, who was suspended. Uh, for six months, by the way, by United because of the incident. What floor was he on? Uh, the tenth floor. I mean, that's that's pretty high that's up. There. Pretty high up. It's Collins said he even even though he is back flying, he uh, and charges were dismissed. He still deals with consequences of the arrest. He said, "I have to explain this situation every day without fail. I've been tagged by Homeland Security. Anytime I get back to the country, I'm pulled aside and asked if I've been in trouble with the law." Uh, Silverman hinted his client might not be done seeking revenge. 
uh, with the possibility of a lawsuit against the Marriott and Weston uh, for allowing officers inside the hotel without a warrant. Uh, so he was Did just, you enjoy pleasuring yourself in your room? <laughs> he got 300000 oh <laughs> Little spanky-wanky. Absolutely. Did you leave a mark on the glass? Do I need to bring a squeegee up? All right. Here's, here's a story for you. A state appeals court panel has refused to void a prisoner's conviction for a brutal attempt to steal contraband tobacco hidden in another inmate's rectum. Nearly killed him. The superior court. Listen to this story. The the court decision outlined in an opinion by Judge Apollo Francisco. That's fun to say. (laughs) Uh, Paul Francisco Ott sinks Maurice Wakefield's bid to overturn the nine to eighteen year old prison term that he received for the attack. Now Wakefield Francisco. That's fun to say. (laughs) Wakefield's convict. Wakefield's conviction stems from an incident on the night of March sixteenth, two thousand seventeen. Wakefield and several cohorts knew the other prisoner had tobacco hidden in a plastic bag inside of him. So they demanded that he give it to them. The other inmate tried to comply and pass the package naturally. When that didn't work, his tormentors tried to remove it by force. Oh, my God. They tried to yank the package. No. They, the tools they used were oh. two toothbrushes. Oh, oh my God. To get up in oh, there. They man. tried to brush it out. Uh, the judge wrote, the invasion only left the other inmate battered and bloody and didn't succeed in freeing the tobacco. When the inmate did finally pass the tobacco, he tossed it to his attackers. Then, despite their threats, he told police what had happened. A jury convicted him on charges of conspiracy, aggravated assault, assault by a prisoner, so on and so on. Uh, in denying Wakefield's bill, Ott turned aside his claim that he deserved a new trial because the count- county judge... At his first trial, didn't remind the jurors that they could take notes when his co-defendant testified. Man. But they used toothbrushes to get up in there and try and get this tobacco. That's a good rule of thumb is to never let the other prisoners know you have tobacco up your bunghole. Yeah, right? Wow. Okay. How about this? Uh, A tourist in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, faces a couple of criminal charges after firing his gun six times at a bear outside the door of his motel room last Thursday night. Gregory Sapp was cited. Enjoying your stay at the Western. <laughs> Gregory Sapp was cited for illegal discharge of a firearm and reckless endangerment. Police said Sapp claimed the bear was outside his room on the second floor breezeway of the Motel Six. Dude, I'm just trying to get some ice. Uh, Sapp was not injured. Officers with the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency were unable to find the bear on Friday. They did not know how many shots hit the animal. It is unknown if the bear is dead or alive. Was there in fact a bear? A neighbor, Anthony Gunter, said, I had heard several shots ring out. It turns out this fellow was shooting at a black bear that he claimed tried to attack him and his wife. He exclaimed that it was a three or 400-pound bear, which is the exact size of that bear that's been in our neighborhood for a while. It's a big bear. But like I said, I've never had a problem with that bear. Sounds like that there hotel bear we've been hearing about. He said it just goes about its business. Oh, he's a big fella. He said he was a, I'm quoting you, he was a really friendly bear. Uh, he would just walk over here, leave us alone, go over there. I hope he's alive, he says. <laughs> uh, police let, said, me, let me describe what he would do. He'd, he'd be over over there, <laughs> and, and then and then he'd be over there. <laughs> I never saw him over there, though. <laughs> but he was over there? I don't recollect. <laughs> but he was definitely there in there. Yeah, four times. <laughs> well, two times there and two times there. <laughs> I keep a diary. That's that book that uh, says there on it. <laughs> That's the name of the diary? Yeah. <laughs> it's the bear over there. <laughs> that bear over there. 
Police said they're still investigating the case. The Motel 6 has several cameras visible on the exterior of the building and the breezeways. We'll leave the bear on for you. Uh, neighbors said they uh, take a wait-and-see approach on mm. whether the animal was aggressive toward the motel guests, but they admit that the animals roam the breezeway of the motels. No reason to be afraid. The bear was over there. Uh, he said uh, those bears will go up and down them ramps of these hotels searching for food, you know, whatever they can find. Uh, if the bear was truly aggressive and threatening, the man may be justified for shooting in self-defense. But you are not allowed to shoot a bear just because it's close to you. Just because it's there. Yeah. <laughs> Where was he? There. <laughs> Firing a weapon should only be used as a last resort when there is no other escape option, uh, according to them. I don't know how fond I would be of a hotel where there were uh, there was a robust bear population. <laughs> On the second floor. On the second floor. He was able to make it up there. Yeah. I don't know. Without a key. <clears throat> and that is what I have for you in uh, the Bizarre File for now. All right. Uh, let me give away my... Le- do I have another $25 you gift do. card? Yes. I think you have one. Uh, last, yes, $25 gift card from our friends at uh, Graincraft Bar and Kitchen, Main Street, Newark, Delaware. I had their sunrise salad. My goodness. That it's is so yummy. freaking good. It's it's a salad for breakfast, which you normally wouldn't think of having, but it's got arugula, strawberries, almonds, coconut, granola, hard-boiled egg, bacon, and some light maple dressing. Probably scratching your head over the concept of a breakfast salad the way you would about a bear. It's in a, great. the second floor of a hotel. Yes, so... Uh, let's take caller number 11 at 215-263-WMMR. Going to give you a $25 gift card. And don't forget, Brent Porsche will be there tomorrow night, 7 to 9, uh, with Eagles tickets and uh, signed merchandise and uh, $2.50 Bud Light Platinum bottles. And don't forget that the, the Thursday night huddle is taking over a different neighborhood bar every Thursday night this football season. Visit WMMR.com to learn when the Bud Light Platinum Thursday night huddle is coming to your neighborhood. We will be back in a moment. Make sure you stay close. Love MMR. Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Third Eye Blind, Semi Charm Life on MMR. This is the Preston and Steve Show on a sun filled Wednesday. Colder temperatures, but uh, it's very pretty out. High today about 37 and Tomorrow we're getting a partly cloudy skies, 48 temperatures bumping up a little bit, and then partly cloudy, 53 on Friday. But Saturday and Sunday, back to cold. It's going to be uh, low 40s. You so know what, Preston? It's a chilly weekend, yeah. We we don't need to care about that anymore because I just uh, I just got a Dunkin' Dunkachino. Oh, you did out of the machine. <laughs> so in the you Dunkin' Cafe. So you so you had the you had the hot chocolate first this morning, and then I had the Dunkachino. And the Dunkachino, what exactly? And I've never had a Dunkachino. It's more on the way to like a cappuccino, but with hot chocolate. Yeah, it seems to be okay. whatever it is. It's good. Does it have a mocha flavor to it? Yes, it does. Okay, then there you go. I'm yeah. on board. I love, I love, love, love mocha flavored coffee. So uh, there was a little bit. I, I saw uh, uh, Natalie from our sister station was, was uh, demonstrating from the fanatic was on video demonstrating yesterday. I'm like. What? Oh, she mm-hmm. knows how to use it? No, no. The A, like, that, if everyone uses it up before we get to it today, oh. like, Natalie can uh, have no problem, obviously, right. but you don't know. You don't know. Well, so, plus, it was your idea. Wow. It was your idea Listen, to have that machine here. So was the space program, but you know. <laughs> I know. You didn't get any didn't credit, credit for, that. for that. I know, I know. And people are taking credit for your no, idea. No, but uh, it's been fixed. Whoever fixed it, I know Casey worked diligently to repair the mechanism, which was just a little thing. But now we are, we have it. It's amazing. I'm thrilled. 
I've noticed a step up in your attitude uh, since this really? morning. But what did I say earlier? Yeah. <laughs> oh, earlier. I did notice it. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I said know. that I I, uh, I wasn't on my game, <clears throat> and then Aww. then it turned around. Then you had your Dunkachino. <laughs> Isn't it, it amazing what changed. can turn your mood around? Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like if I don't if I don't have coffee, forget it. I don't. I'm actually not sure I'd be able to function. I was telling you guys I had that weird moment earlier in the show where, and and I asked this question to everybody: Have you ever been worried about something? And then you forget what you were worried about, but you're concerned because you know there was something you were supposed to be worried about. Yeah, the feeling of worry is still in your body. Yes, even though you don't know exactly what you're supposed to be worried about. Yes. And then it dawns on you what you were supposed to be worried about, and you're like, damn it. Oh, and you get like, that feeling in your stomach. No, I like, wish Man. I wouldn't have known what I was supposed to be worried about. Yeah. <laughs> and then you say, but would it be better to be surprised by what I was supposed to worry about that I knew to worry about earlier? Yeah. And you, you play all these games, and by the time, you know... Yeah, instead of re- renewing your original worry. Do you know it's been pretty cool for me not to go off on too many mm. tangents here? You know, you know. so we get up very early, and uh, during the night, I saw I have my, uh, I have both Amazon and Alexa, two separate units. One controls the TV, and I, you know, I have them telling, you know, setting the alarm on both of them, and then I have the alarm set on a an atomic clock, and I got a new one that projects the time up above me on the ceiling. Cool. So just that being it, like this morning I rolled over, and it was 2.05. That meant I had another, you know, hour plus, uh, hour and 45 minutes to sleep. And it's like... That's good. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know... That's why I turn the clock away. It, uh, it, it faces the wall uh, when I go to sleep. Is I don't want to wake up right. and see yeah. that it's 3.45 and I have 15 minutes left. Yeah. To, and then why even go back to sleep, you know? Because it bothers you. So I Well, I get up 15 minutes earlier because I do my Pilates. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, but anyhow, yeah, you're right, Kath. Sometimes a, a little thing can turn it around yep. for you. Well, hopefully, is- hopefully we're that little thing for you. Hopefully, today. All right? Uh, maybe it's a correct answer for the lesson question for you, if you know, and it could be a case of yards brawler that you could win for this correct answer. And I gotta go with this one. After sliding into Kaya Garb- Gerber's DMs, uh, Pete Davidson probably slid into her what? Two one five two six three WMMR. After sliding into Kaya Gerber's DM. Uh, Pete Davidson probably slid into her what? Two one five two six three WMMR. Do you know the answer? Let's find out. And we're going to do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. Ninety three three WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you this morning by Heritage Business Systems. The document imaging equipment solution is Heritage Business Systems. Service satisfaction reliability. That's Heritage Business Systems. Now a Xerox-owned company. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Caitlyn Jenner seen around Australia as she prepares to participate in the reality show I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Caitlyn's been in training in anticipation of the Wilderness Survival Show by lifting the Sydney Opera House. (laughs) Christian Bale telling Vanity Fair that he is done gaining weight for movie roles. Russell Crowe, on the other hand, is putting on weight with dinner rolls. Hey! And finally, Khloe Kardashian's ex, Lamar Odom, announcing on Instagram that he is engaged to his girlfriend, Sabrina Parr. Odom says he is looking forward to enjoying winters with a wife that doesn't need to hibernate. So, <laughs> he's all happy. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood track. All righty. Uh, let's see if we can find an answer to today's lesson question. And it is as follows. Uh, after sliding into Kai Gerber's DM, Pete Davidson probably slid into her what? Uh, 215 two, 
215-263-WMMR is the number. And I will go to Goldie. Hey, Goldie. Hey, how you doing? Wonderful. So after Pete Davidson slid into Kai Gerber's DM, uh, he probably slid into her what? Her PLs. Her PLs. (laughs) You got it. Well done, Goldie. Hang on, Goldie. We're going to set you up with a KZ Yards Brawler. Perfect for fall and tailgate. Yards Brawler is a Philly beer with a knockout flavor. Look for it in the orange case wherever you find fine beers, including Druid's Keep in Northern Liberties. Let's get to the music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. What the all right, it's brought to you by HERS, a Philly hometown favorite for generations. Whether you're hosting a tailgate or grabbing a snack on the go, wherever you're snacking, make it Philly, Philly, <laughs> and grab a bag of your favorite HERS flavor, HERS, forever good. Great note on that, Preston. I uh, literally have a crack-like addiction to the cheese balls now. <laughs> oh, really? It's become, uh, it's crisis level because yeah. they have them in those big tubs, the HERS tubs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And my wife and I are fighting over cheese balls. And we had two different displays. Full, yes, we do. Full racks of uh, potato chips. They're all gone now. Both, yep. It's gone. Both, both racks. Gone. Yep. All right. Uh, Soundgarden guitarist Kim Thale was asked uh, if it was possible that a new album featuring the final recordings of Lay Singer Chris Cornell could see the light light of day. And he said it is entirely possible because that's what we were doing. Uh, we definitely have another record in us. Stuff that's written, stuff that's uh, demoed and recorded, certainly. Uh, all it would need is to take the audio files that are available. Uh, we can get the producers. We want to make it sound like a Soundgarden record. Uh, Soundgarden was working on new music before Cornell's death in May of 2017, and the singer had laid down some vocal tracks. Asked if there were any obstacles to completing the LP, he said... Uh, There shouldn't be, other than the fact that we don't have those files. He said, I think that will happen. It would be ridiculous if it didn't, but these are difficult things, partnerships and property. He's right. He did rule out the possibility of Soundgarden touring without Chris, though. He said, I do not see, given the commitments uh, that other band members have, given our sentiments and our love for Chris, I do not see us reconfiguring a tour or anything as other bands have done in the past without him. Which makes sense. Uh, Soundgarden's among the nominees, by the way, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Class 2020. And uh, they're going to announce all that stuff in January. I would be surprised if they didn't make it in. Yeah. Yep. Green Day is known for performing different music under different names. And one of the band's alter egos is popping up for a show next month known as The Cover-Ups. The act consists of Billy Joe Armstrong and Mike Durnt along with Green Day touring guitarist Jason White, tour manager Bill Schneider, and audio engineer Chris Dugan. The outfit debuted with a secret show in January of 2018 in Albany, California, and will return with a show on December 6th at the Tiki Bar in Costa Mesa, California. Joining them will be the Interrupters, One That Zero, Dead Mermaids, and Dead Sound. Uh, Drummer Trey Cool commented online, Holy S, I can't wait. Perhaps hinting that he might make his possible first appearance behind the kit for the cover-ups. Yeah. Speaking of behind the kit, Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins recalled in a new interview that he had asked Queen drummer Roger Taylor for advice after getting a call to try out for Guns N' Roses. Hawkins was on tour with the Foo Fighters in support of the 1999 album There Is Nothing Left to Lose when his mom called to tell him that a member of Axl Rose's management team had gotten in touch. 
Hawkins said Axel was trying to get together a new version of Guns N' Roses, and I think he was checking around for people. Uh, they wanted to know if I would come in and try out or whatever. Unsure of what to do, he called Roger Tra- uh, Taylor, who had a similar experience in the early 1970s when uh, former members of Mott the Hoople tried to lure him away from a then-unknown queen for a new band they were assembling. Oh, that tricky hoople. Uh, but Taylor chose to stick with Queen, telling Hawkins that he couldn't imagine being on stage and looking up and not seeing Freddie Mercury or Brian May in front of him. Hawkins said, uh, uh, Taylor said that uh, I see you I see you and Dave on stage and there's something you can't buy there. There's something between you guys that might not be there with Axel. And he said, and he was right. Uh, so stuck with it. But it was interesting that he reached out to him about that. A clutch of Bernie Taupin's original lyric sheets for future Elton John classics are set to go under the hammer on December 9th at Bonham's in Los Angeles. The manuscripts have been in the possession of Taupin's first wife, Maxine, since couple split 43 years ago. The lyric sheets are among the ones that were missing from Bernie's own recent auction and include such instant 70 rock standards as Candle in the Wind, Border Song, Goodbye wow. Yellow Brick Road, Benny and the Jets, and Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Jeez. Maxine will be selling the lyric sheet uh, for your song privately. I um I didn't love Rocket Man. I didn't hate it, but uh, it was good. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. What I did like about that movie was, and I wish I could have seen more of it, was his relationship with Bernie Taupin. Yeah, that, that's portrayed in in, uh, in their meetings, Preston. Always a, a great friendship, and how he applied the music to the to the lyrics, and they have a a great sequence where. Uh, you know, they they just clicked, and there's a, a part where Bernie Taupin is is listening to the music and him singing mm-hmm. Elton John, and he's like, "Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's he got it." But as Elton was going through his you know own personal battles and stuff yeah. like that, Bernie was um, voice was, of reason, voice of reason. Yeah. He was there, and there was like an, there's it was an unconditional love that I liked. Uh, she was uh, Maxine. Like by you. the way, was hard pressed <laughs> to explain how. Oh she... God, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> How she ended up with a one-of-a-kind lyric sheet, admitting, uh, you just don't normally sit in a room and divide things up, but it might have happened like that. I don't really remember the moment, but some of them were framed on my wall in my home, and other ones were in a bank vault, uh, perfectly preserved. But she wants someone else to enjoy them, because she's had them for so long. Uh, Maxine, Get him out of here. who hasn't been in touch with Bernie in years, last saw Elton in concert back in 2004. Over the years, Maxine had come up with such titles as Love Lies Bleeding, and the bitch is back. She came up with those and others. Although she would never try to claim legal credit for the inspiration. She said, I would never do, ever do anything like that. It's totally not my style. Coming up with the, an idea for something and sharing it and telling someone that I loved uh, to use it, that's fine. It's enough. And it's enough that he thought that it was a great title. I didn't invent it. Tiny Dancer. I didn't invent it! <laughs> <laughs> to quote Casey. Right. Tiny Dancer has such wonderful uh, lyrics. Uh, also, I love... um. Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's. Oh my yeah. God! Yeah, yep, absolutely. Uh, there's so many great songs, and and the 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 lyrics are so cool. They're so inventive. They're so irreverent. A lot of them yeah. don't really make a whole lot of sense. They're very poetic and Rubber Biscuit. Rubber Biscuit yeah. was really saying no, but if you if you listen to you know Bending the Jets, it's it's really interesting stuff that's being said there. It's about a band, but. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, you know, Leave On and, and Someone Saved My Life Tonight and Love all these it. really great songs that he wrote. Uh, regarding the uh, biopic Rocket Man, Maxine, who was the inspiration for Tiny Dancer, by the way, uh, said, My experience with Bernie and Elton and what I call the foundational years were very different than what was represented in that film. There was so much joy and laughter and the excitement of success and notoriety. 
Elton is so generous, and he has an unbelievable sense of humor and love. He had love for his mother and John Reed and a lot of love that wasn't represented in the movie, she says. But that's her experience. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. movie, I think, as Casey said, it's a good movie. I, 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 I liked Bohemian Rhapsody a bit more, but I also liked the creativity in Rocket Man that they uh, depicted certain sequences with musical numbers. Right. Uh, let's see here. Pink Floyd's Roger Waters has been tapped as one of the keynote speakers at Austin's upcoming South by Southwest conference. It'll run from March 13th to the 22nd. Previous keynote speakers have included Bruce Springsteen, Dave Grohl, uh, Beastie Boys Ad Rock and Mike D, Lady Gaga, Snoop Dogg, and Garth Brooks, among others. Have you ever wondered why toilet seats are shaped a certain way? (laughs) Earlier this fall, Roger Waters released most of his concert film, Us and Them, which premiered at the Venice International Film Festival. And I'm going to backtrack a little bit to uh, Foo Fighters. We have a couple of audio clips that we're going to play here. Steve, you pulled these. Uh, Dave Grohl was on Sesame Street. Uh, yes, and uh, he, he was got... with uh, Big Bird and Elmo. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to hear this, and I guess they uh, they sing a little bit. So yes. uh, here it is. Oh, this is our friend, Mr. Dave Grohl. Hi. It's nice to come here and be with my friends, Big Bird and Elmo. It sure is. They're friends everywhere. There's lots of people all across America we could be friends with. We just haven't met them yet. Oh boy, that sounds like fun. Then let's do it. <laughs> Alright! Here we go. We're on our way. It's an amazing trip. Across the USA. So all across America. Video shows him at the different backgrounds all over the country in different areas. That's pretty cool, man. And then uh, Big Bird saying, uh, which is uh, kind of wild, he's saying, Needle in the Damage Done. Wow. Bizarre. I'm going to bring him down a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. I've seen the needle and the damage done. <laughs> uh, then we have a clip of uh, Ringo, Ringo Starr. Apparently, I guess he was doing uh, down a couple of Casey. Yeah, oh, no, in, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. An interview, and I guess it was. It might have been just recently, you know, with the uh, the uh, Woodstock anniversary. Yeah, and uh, a little piece of interesting information. Here we go. I think afterwards we regretted it, uh, which you always do, but too late. Meaning not playing it, not you playing. Woodstock, they regretted. Yeah. They, I guess they they had the opportunity to. It, it were plans. We we're going to fly in. We we're going to get a helicopter, and we we're just going to land. And anyway, just. We never got together. That would have been interesting. Could you imagine uh, the Beatles at Woodstock? No. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, that would have been wild because they had they had been done touring at that point. Yeah. That would have been outrageous had they played that It would show. have made it popular. Uh, <laughs> uh, it would have made it well known. I can't even wrap my mind around that, about them being on, on, a, on stage in front of a crowd like that. And it might have been interesting to finally see them... Not in front of a crowd of uh, screaming girls. Yeah. You know what I mean? In front of uh, a stoned more seasoned stoned yeah. hippie audience. So there were a few uh, festival concerts back in that day. The Monterey Pop Festival was one. Yes. Uh, is that the same one where the Hells Angels? What was the one with the Rose? Oh, that was in the Hells That was Ultimate with the Stones. Okay. It, it, do you know which one happened first? 
of those of that cluster, Monterey was before um, Aldemont. And, well, it was before Woodstock. I'm pretty certain. Okay. I. You know what? No. I'm not certain. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm wrong think, about that stuff. I get these things in my mind that I think were correct, and then people always text in and say, dude, you're an idiot. So never mind. All right, it, this, it goes like this. War of 1812. Right. Monterey Pop Festival. Oh, no, here we go. Here's, here's right now. Crusades. Yeah, my, right. Okay. Monterey Pop Festival, 1967. Yeah, okay. So Woodstock was 69, so Monterey was a full two years before. You were right. Okay. And then right. Altamont was uh, when? Uh, look up concert at Altamont. See Altamont. See President Steve. See currently talking about. Uh, currently Altamont. talking about was December of '69. So after Woodstock. So it goes Monterey, Woodstock, Altamont. There you go. And then I haven't. Uh, there, were there any of? There had to have been big ones. Well, since the Newport Jazz Festival was big for like uh, that. It would not not so much rock, but as far as like a gathering. Yeah, because they've gotten like. Uh, Way better over the years, you know. Audio wise and everything. Audio wise, you know, oh, yeah. when you're just having that many people congregate. That's why I wondered, you know, how Woodstock '99 was such an abysmal failure, um, as far as you know, the being prepared, you know, for having that oh, yeah. many people there. Yeah. Well, you remember how how it got, you know, mm-hmm. it there. incredibly volatile. Well, another one that that uh, is kind of left out in the mix between uh, Altamont and uh, the. Um, uh, Woodstock '99 was uh, the US Festival, which the took place Festival. in the 1980s. Yeah, and that was a huge, huge concert, and that uh, it, it was several days long. Yes. Where was of course, it? of course, Live Aid was it was another one as well. Um, where was it? Was yeah. it California somewhere? Was it somewhere hot? I know that. Yeah, California or Arizona, one of the two. Look up the US Festival if you would, uh, Nick, because. At that time, it was like, you know, Van Halen and Triumph. It was like, and a lot of new wave bands were on that, too. 82, Labor Day Weekend. Uh, Steve Wozniak was the founder of this? Yeah. Wow. yeah it, was, it was Apple-based, yep. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Uh, does it say where? Uh, it was Death Valley. Bill Graham. Was it in Death Valley? Yeah. That's where they had a lot of medical issues. Uh, no. San Bernardino. San Bernardino, California. Okay, yeah, Glenn scroll, scroll down for a list of about uh, 118 today. So be, make sure you hydrate. They had Oingo Boingo. They had the English beat. The Ramones, uh, B52s, Talking Heads, The Police headlined that Buffett. one. Uh, Eddie Money. You guys are thinking of going to the bathroom. Buffett's coming up. Uh, the Cars, The Kinks, Pat Benatar, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, uh, Grateful Dead. They had different days, so they had that's pretty wild. A new wave day, a he- heavy metal day, a, a country day, and a rock day. Yeah. And then an Otis day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And Doris day. Yeah. Was another one. <laughs> Charlie day. Yeah, Van Halen played that, right? Where's the rock? They the rock? did. I, I remember that. I, I remember. Yeah, at the bottom of Sunday, Preston, they were the closeout. Uh, yeah, Van Halen, Scorpions, On heavy Triumph, metal day. Judas Priest, Ozzy, Motley Crue. Jeez. Quite right. And Motley Crue would have been the kids at that time. Yeah. They, they would have been the new band. We're Motley Crue. Right. We're very Motley. There was one in uh, Labor Day weekend of 82, and then there was one in Memorial Day weekend of 83. Oh, okay. The so one the, in 83 is the one that I remember. Yeah, that's the bigger one. Oh, nice. and they got Oingo Bongo for both of them. Wow. Yeah. They weren't doing much of it. Uh, <laughs> besides Made in America, have you guys ever been to a festival show? Gatorade. Okay. Yeah. I went to the SARS Festival in Toronto. Oh, that's right. With the Rolling Stones. I went with Pierre, Rolling Stones, uh, ACDC, Justin Timberlake, the Guess Who. Was that more Rush. than one day? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, days, I've yeah. never been to a festival of yeah, that size. 
I went down to the uh, Made in America, and then I left before it started. Yeah. If they ever it. do an old cella again, I you know I would highly recommend going to something like that because yeah, I, I obviously I know Col- Coachella w- is not really you know. A, it's not they're talking about they're yeah. talking about another old cello with Ongo Boingo. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, that's music news. We got to give away the secret text word. Kathy Romano, it's your time to shine. (laughs) Give me a number. I'm so glad you give me this time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with number 21. All right. Caller 21. You will indeed be the winner if you know the secret text word. 215-263-WMMR. We'll come right back with that info. Stay with us. Hey, gang, starting Monday, December 2nd, we are camping out and broadcasting our show from Xfinity Live in the Wells Fargo Center Complex. It's Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger, benefiting Phil Abundance and fueled in part by Energy Transfer. Now, join us for special guests each morning inside the warm confines of the Beanbow Bakery's USA broadcast tent with free hot coffee from Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Join us on site and drop off your non-perishable food donations at the General Building Contractors Association Demolish Hunger Donation Area. Camp Out would not be possible without the generosity of you, our great friends and listeners, and our partners. Select Event Group, Chorus Photography, Light Action Productions, IMS Technology Services, Skelly's Amusements, Shapiro Fire Prevention, and Newman University Videography. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. From 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Coming to the end of our program on this uh, Wednesday morning. That's what it is. Yes, it's a Wednesday for the Preston and Steve Show. And Wednesdays are special days. They're midweek, and we usually try to have some things that'll pep you up a little bit, one of them being the secret text word. So we were looking for a caller, someone who knew our secret text word. And that caller, number 21, we were looking for is Ryan. Hey, Ryan. What's up, Fresno? Yo, bud. Fresno. I'm looking for a winning word. What is our secret text word today, sir? It is glad. Glad, yes. And that's going to make you happy. Hang on the line, Ryan. We're going to give you a four-pack of tickets to join us for the President Steve Night at the Pop-Up Phenomenon Happy Place, King of Parsh Mall, tomorrow night. And that'll be from 6 to 8 p.m. It's an interactive, immersive exhibit that features more than 15,000 square feet of playful spaces and cheerful moments. It has been called the most Instagrammable pop-up in America. And tickets are on sale now via happyplace.me. Runs through January 5th, and it's where J.C. Penny was inside the mall. May I just mention something in addition to that, Preston? Our friend Jim Sutcliffe called. Oh, you have more information? I ha- we had uh, a random winner, too. Oh, I- I'm sorry. I- please, I gotta, by all means. Let me do this, and then, yeah. then fire it up. So uh, the other winner is Michael Mahan. I think is that what this is? Mahan? Uh-huh. Who is uh, from- no, it's actually pronounced Mahan. Mahan from oh. Roxborough, PA. So congratulations, Michael. We'll give you those tickets, too. Yes, sir. So, Jim Suckler. Yes, he wanted to do something that ties in with the Happy Place. On Saturday, Morris Animal Refuge will be there with uh, some uh, puppies oh. and dogs so that uh, you can take pictures with the, the dogs. And they're, they're giving a percentage of the um, admission to the Happy Place to Morris Animal Refuge. That's so awesome. they wanted to cool. do something that was a nice tie-in. So actually, I'm going to stop by. Uh, in the morning and hang out for a little bit as well on Saturday. So nice, it'll be a cool thing. You're doubling up this. I'm week. doubling up at the happy. I'm gonna You're gonna be so I'm happy. Gonna, I'll be whistling uh, <laughs> zippity doo dah out my out of your butthole. <laughs> uh, so Pierre Robert is indeed here. Um, real quick, I need to thank a couple of people. Before we go to you, Pierre. Mainly uh, Dan Aykroyd, who yeah. was on this morning. So cool. Yeah, he was. Um, he was a great interview. He's what you wanted. You know. 
Uh, and he is in town, man. I, I lost the info of where he's going to be. Oh, he's today. at uh, Shops Beer. Well, he's going to be at some liquor store in uh, Williamstown, New Jersey. All right, Williamstown. Williamstown. Black Post Horse the information. Pub. There we go. Four thirty to six thirty today, and then he'll be in Lancaster at the Fine Wine and Good Spirits in Cent. Or I'm sorry, uh, Centerville Square. Yeah, in Lancaster on Friday at. 4 p.m. But he'll uh, sign autographs, take pictures, as long as you get there ahead of time. And you got to buy the vodka, I would assume, as well. Crystal Skull Vodka, where she is. That's his passion project. He's yes. really, really into it. Uh, and thank you also to our friends at uh, Grain Craft Bar and Kitchen, uh, who came by this morning. Grain brought in all kinds of great food today. And they're located in Newark, Delaware, the location where the Thursday night huddle appearance with Brent Porsche is going to be tomorrow night, 7 to 9 p.m. on Main Street in Newark. They also have locations in Kennett Square, Bear, Delaware, and a new location coming up at the Lewis Ferry Terminal in April of 2020. Uh, but stop by and see Brent tomorrow night. You could win Eagles tickets. You could win some autographed uh, Eagles merch. And they have uh, specials on uh, Bud Light Platinum bottles as well. And to Pierre Robert we go. Um, again, uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd showing uh, his clear comfort with uh, a great interview, which you guys provided, because each of you know something different uh, from Nick's mom's favorite movie. What was it? <laughs> Dr. Detroit. Dr. Detroit. Her comedy. Dr. Uh, Detroit. Dr. Detroit. <laughs> I, I didn't see that. Um, but, uh, you know, clearly you can reference all these points, uh, you know, uh, from the song from the Blues Brothers. What was Rubber it? Biscuit. Rubber Biscuit. Yeah. Um, you know, I never I never would have even thought of that. It was uh, perfect. Uh, so he really responded. Cool. Clearly. Oh, cool. Why is he... Um, uh, is he why? Why is he in these odd locations instead of like coming to like metropolitan centers and stuff? Good question. He's a good. So he's really a savvy businessman. You know, he also like the uh, um, House of Blues. That's uh, that's his his partnership. Oh, really? Yeah, he's one of the. Uh, so so. Um, I think it's where it's available because I looked up where you can buy it. Oh, okay. So I think it's like he's uh, going to places where you can actually purchase it. Okay. Well, but yeah, but he just it's, he likes to get out and do the uh, the legwork himself cool. He's a fascinating guy. Very he is. Cool. Absolutely. Uh, shall we do the letter? I think so. Uh, Case, I need the letter. Oh, yeah. All right. And here we... The letter is WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. Uh, the President's Steve Show is brought to you. <laughs> I was going to fill in if, yeah, the, if the voice didn't come there. I was prepared. <laughs> sounded, it was I uncanny. Was, I wake up that way. Uh, the President's <laughs> Steve Show is brought to you today by the letter... T is in Tommy. All right, and we have a $500 Ashley Home Stores gift card. You can stop in any of the 11 area Ashley Home Stores now through November 30th and register win the green room furniture that's going to be set up at the Camp Out for Hunger. The sofa, the love seat, coffee table, end tables, lamps, all that can be yours. Ashley Home Stores, a proud sponsor of the Preston and Steve Camp Out for Hunger. Should be pretty cool. Um, what's on your program today? Well, I got more tickets for the Black Crows, the Shake Your Money Maker uh, reunion thing uh, next July over in Camden, uh, which went on sale, interestingly enough, on uh, Monday. We've got the tickets all this week, so we'll have another pair of those. Workforce blocks will be fun. We've got uh, Bruce. We've got you 2 And, of course, The Who is in town. Uh, the Who will be playing the TLA. So, I mean, seeing Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey at a venue that small, it's uh, just going to be amazing to see The Who there tonight. Uh, you know, and I mean, the swinging I microphone. I Who, right? What are you talking about? Oh, I think right. it's H-U. It's The Who, not yeah, The Who. right. I'm sorry. It was a joke. Um, so, but the, but but because this who is in town, H U yeah. at the at the TLA, 
Um, we thought we would do a block of the Who, W-H-O. There you uh, go. Just to confuse matters. This is Juve, Juve, U. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That metal, <laughs> so, uh, that Japanese metal or what? Uh, Korean, I think they're Mongolian. Korean. Okay, well, oh, I've, I've never, I haven't listened to it. I've heard about it, but they're Mongolian? They're Mongolian, okay. and they spent the afternoon with Jackson and Sarah yesterday. Throwing knives. Well, yeah, chucking axes. Yeah. Knives, axes, yeah, same whatever. thing. <laughs> Uh, they were throwing axes and eating cheesesteaks and soft pretzels. Wow. All right. So, <laughs> I, I understand the challenge when you're forming a band. And, yeah. You know, you've got to come up with the idea of a name. Sure. And so many names have been taken. I don't care what effing language it is. You don't take H-U uh-huh. and call it the who. Call it happy. You know, call it. Call you it got horny. an issue with this. I have a serious issue. Two people with it. have earned your wrath. We know that. We know uh, it's been. Um, Pina Colada. Pina Colada. Thing. Yeah. Rupert Holmes. Rupert Holmes. I get excited about the, the big stuff. In yeah. Life. I, no, I'm sure they're perfectly fine lads or lasses or whoever's in the band. Um, but well, there, we have this song, but. Case, can you play their other uh, yep. their other tune, please? Yep. If uh, you like me. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Total departure from their initial sound. Well, you got to grow in a band. Yeah, yeah. Musically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, look at all the great You got to have different dimensions, yeah. for sure. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, well, anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm sure yeah. they're lovely kids, uh, lovely lads, lasses, whoever's in the band, however many are there, 20 of them, 30 of them, I don't know, 40 of them, there are 10 of them, 5 of them, 2 of them. You're really I, looking forward to You know numbers. You know I, a lot of numbers. I'm a number guy, okay? That's why I'm an accountant on the side. I, I mean, I do accounting uh, now on the side. Accounting. Um, yeah, accounting. Accounting. Yeah. It's like lightning. It's Who's your accountant? Uh, I am. I'm my own accountant. And I'll be happy to be the accountant for any of you kids. If you oh. Come tax time, right. look up my little office. I'm on Broad Street. When tax the... time comes, you need a good accountant. You do. I'm near all the mob-run funeral parlors down there. You know, just come in, find my little wood-paneled uh, metal desk, me and uh, Beth, my secretary. <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah, she's good. Yeah. Uh, we you need will... an accountant. Call Pierre, who can count the 10 and backwards. We, we can. We're accountants, and damn good ones. That's our slogan. We're accountants. And damn good ones. I think Nick and, and Pierre have been countenance together. We've heard them count. Oh, yeah. Them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Usually till three. The way they crunch numbers is amazing. But they only go to three. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. So if you've earned more than $3, <laughs> you're screwed. But it's important to know how to accountant. Uh, well, yes. I mean, and that's why if you don't, you should get accountant. Exactly. Uh, to do it for because, you. Because, you know, sometimes it's not good to accountant on your own. Yeah, no. It's on account of, the road to follow. you got to oh have God. good accountants. Casey, hurry. Casey knows we're killing time here, Chad. What, what the hell would this be labeled as? I, I have it in my room. Counting, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it would be so many drops of so many different, okay. so many sound effects of so many different moments. It's crazy, it. too, especially in the moment when you're doing a search and you're trying to figure out what right. the keyword would be. That would get you to because no matter what, you're still describing a sound verbally. Exactly. And how do you do? You, you have to remember how you labeled it. Essentially, Nick and I were doing a countdown, but we did it backwards. <laughs> well, uh, one I of said you did three, it backwards. Two, one, here, and he did we have one. one that says countdown and queef. Why not? <laughs> All right, here we go. Three, one, and two, two three. And one. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, there's the the we yeah. have the the meat of it. But right. three, one, and two, two three. And one. <laughs> 
That's a good that cabinet. That was great. That was St. Patrick's Day. Right? I just love yeah, how yeah. you you obviously met at two. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, oh, oh, they're going to adapt. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Yep. There you go. Three. One, and two, two and three. One. <laughs> I love our job. <laughs> but confusion can be just part of the natural progression. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. All right, anything else? <laughs> Accountant to you. Sharp as a tack. All right. Uh, let me thank our sponsors. Preston Steve Show has been brought to you today by Winter Airport Parking, the fastest way in and out of Philly International Airport, and also uh, Chorus Photography, uh, the official photographers of the Preston and Steve Show, and Planet Fitness. Get the Planet Fitness black card, and you can bring a workout buddy with you every single visit. Uh, tomorrow on the program, we are going to fill it with love. That's oh, my God. all I'm going to say. Like a big wow. love sack. What we're going to do. That's it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, okay? Bye-bye.